Millions of Americans earn and use credit card rewards. A few big box retailers want to take those rewards away. Rewards we use on groceries and school supplies. The cash back to save on gas and grow our small businesses. And travel miles we use to make memories. The so-called Credit Card Competition Act would eliminate credit card rewards. No more travel miles, no more cash back. When lawmakers help mega retailers line their pockets, we pay for it. Tell your lawmaker to vote no on the big box bill. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com to take action today. An impeachment is a serious thing. Uh, it's not <laughs> something that should be a bargaining chip for Kevin McCarthy to give the Matt Gateses of the world to try to buy them off for another week. Uh, and it will just bring down this institution even, fur even further. The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Friday program to a full cast and crew we have here. That's right. The uh, whole squad. Isn't this nice? Wonderful to be back together again with all of you fellows. Yeah, I hope you guys had a good vacation, but uh, you know, oh, glad you could join me. Comfortably uh, Smug would never miss a single episode never. because he cares about the listeners. That's the thing is I care so much. I showed up here. The last episode I got great reviews even though I had to carry it. I got great reviews. When, uh, when we all sat down here and I knew we were all going to be on the episode, I sort of heard low in my, he in my ears like Steve Winwood, like, Back in the high <laughs> <again>. <laughs> Which just puts me in a, a good mental space. Oh, it totally does. Well, it's good to see everybody. We're back in action. That, in your intro, was one of the most galling, galling. things that you will come across at any point in your political consummation. I mean, the only thing keeping my blood pressure from rising is the fact that I've had bourbon already, because the... The balls on this guy to sit <laughs> yeah. here and talk about disrespecting the institution. Yeah. Well, he said an impeachment's a serious thing, Michael. Unbelievable. <laughs> this guy who claimed that he had a smoking gun that proved collusion for two and a half fucking years. <laughs> this pencil-headed fuck. I hate him so much. I mean, like, that is genuinely the last person they should trot out. Yes. Adam Schiff? To talk about but it goes to, it goes to the thing it goes to the thing you always say, Smug, which is so true that it's not about hypocrisy, it's hierarchy. Yep. Th they want... They're going to sh shove him out to the center stage to talk about the seriousness of the institution because fuck you, because they hate you. Exactly. You but, know what I mean? But also yeah, imagine totally. just sitting there on the other end of the camera and being like, hmm, interesting points, Adam. <laughs> but I mean, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. you took you took impeachment so seriously. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that further shows how much journalism has fallen apart is that they don't see any irony in right. this whatsoever. They're like, oh, yes. Very Interesting. Nice. Great well, democracy. Think of, think of I think about this from like a comms perspective of having done political communications for a number of years. If your boss is Adam Schiff, think about what it would take for you to be comfortable was shoving that guy in front of a national audience to talk about the seriousness of impeachment. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that. And you're like, oh, no, we great interview, high value. <laughs> well, you know, they... And like, no fear that that's going sideways on you. No fear because he's a Democrat. Yep. He's right. going on CNN, and they know that the national audience on CNN, however large it may be at the moment, is going to be completely with whatever he says. Yep. Because they they're, know... still, they're still watching, right? Like, like right. 
if they had one real thought in their head about what they've been lied to about for all of those years, they would change the channel. If they're still watching CNN at this point, yeah, they're, they're pot committed. These, they, they, these are and, fucking marks. They're not viewers. And they know they know the object. The objective of every question is not to like get to the bottom of something. It's to put Democrats on a pedestal. Yeah. But I just, I mean, this one is a little bit much, right? I mean, I expect that kind of cynicism, and I expect exactly as you guys have described it. But like that guy, yeah, that guy. I mean, that's it's comic. If you were to see that from a different dimension, just on the outside looking in, that's stand-up comedy. Yeah, it's stand-up comedy. It's like a Christopher Guest version of politics and be like that's the guy who's gonna come out and be like guys we're really we're damaging an institution Mm -hmm. this is serious stuff when you're gonna impeach somebody you can't have for an example a a, a call that wasn't recorded that nobody has any sort of idea about and oh by the way the entire backdrop to it is actual fucking corruption that this impeachment is about yeah No, we care about piss tapes. <laughs> <laughs> smoking gun, Michael. The smoking gun in Prague. The server at Alpha Bank. All the fake stuff. I remember it all. Well, I, I do find it convenient that he's on there today because it's consistent with this giant memo the White House put out uh, yes. this morning. And we're, you know, we're recording here on, on uh, Wednesday night. And the White House put out a long memo directed to the media saying exactly how they're required to cover <laughs> the impeachment proceedings yeah. as they began in the House. They were like, today. we we want to make sure that you folks are critical of Republicans, where it's like, this is the media who's getting the memo. They're yeah. like, what? I'm doing my job. I'm yeah. attacking Republicans all day for you guys. And so the first thing CNN does, they say, oh, got the memo. You know what? We need to put Adam Schiff on. Yeah. And then we'll forward it to the White House and say, look, we did he, what we did. But isn't there like a content observer somewhere that's like, mm, like, I got our memo and I understand we need to follow it. No, but like, no, no. This is this is the problem with CNN because the content observer is the person making the decision that says Democrats are right, Republicans are wrong. Right, I kid you not. They're willing. They're this willing. Is, this is their yeah, brand. It's like here, here, Lemmings, uh, straight head to the cliff, please. Yeah, it's like North Korea at this point. Like like Duncan said, like they bought in all this Russia BS that we now know was a complete pack of lies. Yeah, but they're like, I will continue to believe it a hundred percent. They're on board. These people are right, uh, right. they've already lost their minds. Right. For a lo- for the longest time in media, we talk about this on the show a lot. For the longest time in media, journalists have been journalists first, Democrats second. Mm-hmm. And within the last ten years that has shifted. They're now Democrats first, journalists second, and you can see that on CNN today. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's just on for that guy to talk about whether it's degrading the institution of the House of Representatives is wild mm-hmm. stuff to mm-hmm. me. That, you know, that's like that's like Tim McVeigh suggesting that I he's mean, got a he could be the next senator City from federal uh, building structural analysis that mm-hmm. he's going to provide. That's, I mean, it's that's exactly like... it. Is is he could be the next senator from California? I mean, they are not sending their best; they're actually sending the worst of the worst. That's what the competition's like over there. Oh, amazing. Anyway, uh, we get a kick out of all that stuff. I know you do too, and you probably don't watch CNN, so we thought we'd highlight it for you. We have a great show. I mean, a great show. Legitimately fantastic here today. We've got Nancy Mace in the house today. She's in studio. She talks a lot about the aforementioned impeachment proceedings that the House is now uh, walking down. And I think that's great. She also has a look. She's got a wide range of views and a whole bunch of topics that we think are important for people to hear about. Excited about that interview. Uh, We also have some news. We have some news. We have uh, the second debate. That's right. Coming up. 
And we have decided that we are going to co-host an event in Washington, D.C. with Americans for Prosperity. This is going to be awesome. I, I'm glad we can finally get this out there. It's been, you know, Wolf's been working tirelessly to make this happen. This is going to be awesome. A it debate is. a debate watch party with the fellas. Could it get any better? It, it, I don't know that it could. I mean, honestly, look, we love the Milwaukee thing. And, and hopefully, God willing, people are willing uh, to have us back yeah. at some point and do that. The California one was not the right move for us for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's a more state audience and it's not a big party. Are you saying there. we are not state? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. The august gentleman of the Ruthless Variety program? Well, I think it's possible. It's a po it's possible. I, I think they're, they're only allowing like 50 people or something like yeah. that to be seated there. So it's not like you could have a block party yeah, right. with Ruthless for, for the 50 folks. And like us chugging beers with senators <laughs> is maybe not with the look that they're going a little, for. A little tone deaf. Yeah. No, I, I understand. If I was them, I'd, I'd keep us. Far away. <laughs> I'd, get, I'd, get a, I'd get a preemptive restraining order. Yeah, yeah, right. But we may have other things in the works to announce. But in the meantime, this one's really important. For those of you who have not experienced a Ruthless Live at any point, this is going to be one you're going to want to go to because it is the fellas at a, at a bar. Yeah. Uh, enjoying with a whole bunch of people and special guest Katie Pavlich. Great friend of the program. Great friend yep. of the program. Yep. And we are going to be just sort of providing not only a little analysis on the front and the back, but we're going to be uh, some color commentary, maybe a little mystery science theater throwback to our old State of the Union stuff that we did at the front end of this show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah back when we had the tiny TV yeah. and the conference table. <laughs> yeah. And then someone sent us like $500 worth of uh, McDonald's. Yeah, oh, that was the <laughs> that best. Was so that was the best. The guy that owned the local DC franchise of McDonald's sent us like 500 Absolute bucks worth of stuff. Yeah. And he was a watcher. Remember how Duncan's chair was broken and he was leaning back? <laughs> oh, yeah, they kept yeah. People kept commenting. They're like, when is Duncan going to fall? Was, when is he going to fall? He was fully... Horizontal. I turned the, I, I turned that thing into a lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're not going to want to miss it. You can get tickets at ruthlesspodcast.com. Just click DC Live. It'll be right up there up top of the navigation. Yeah. And those tickets are going to go really, really fast. If you're listening to this right now, if you're driving, please be safe and, and don't try to look at your phone and buy the tickets. But really do Get the tickets right now because they're going to go really fast. I mean, the last time we did a DC event, it literally went out in four minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that we have a larger uh, allotment mm -hmm. here uh, that will last longer than that, but it's not going to last a lot longer than that. So, check it. No matter what, get in, check it. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, let's start this program the way we do all of our Thursday programs with some five stars, and to do that, we start with the voice. Okay, fellas, this first one comes from. <laughs> And this username is unbelievable. This first one comes from Michigan 45, Ohio State 23. I mean, they just wanted you to do that. And the subject line is Ruthless Football and the Fall. And they start, hey, guys, my girlfriend and I are both longtime listeners and big fans of the show. She always listens first thing in the morning because she has good taste in podcasts. Mm -hmm. And to go along with her beauty, self-confidence, football knowledge, and so much more. <laughs> wow, this guy really nice. struck gold here. Sure did. We really enjoyed your analysis of the first debate. We're also excited for fall and football season. Uh, that makes a lot of us. 
We look forward to Duncan once again repping the Big Ten on the program. Mm-hmm. Eric, he's never going to miss an opportunity. But it's much harder for us to tolerate Ashbrook <laughs> and his pro-Ohio view. Ah, yes. yeah. For all of us, too, pal. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Thanks for the fun shows every week, and keep up the good work. Go Blue and vote red. That's pretty good. That's, oh, that's very, very, closer. That's very, very good. That and very look, I, this, I think this is a guy who knows ball. He, he knows yeah. ball. I mean, because Ohio State has to go into the big house to play Michigan this year. I think 45-23, you know, I, I think that's likely. It's we'll, a reasonable. We'll Ohio State, we'll I see. think, is a little down this year. Uh, they got a new quarterback, this McCord kid yeah who is i guess he he played high school ball with uh, marvin harrison jr so they got some chemistry and all this i'm not that impressed to be honest with you i've seen a lot of big 10 ball already i'm not that impressed with ohio state we've been counted out before what? And, and, the, and most people, most people counted out before. Most people don't believe that this Ohio is State. Is <laughs> this is the chip on, chip on your shoulder, false modesty bit from Ohio. The nope. team that the tries every year if they're not in the playoff. Uh, the little engine that could over at the Ohio State University. Yeah, nobody believes. Nobody. The believes. little guy. Yeah. <laughs> that in a place like Ohio, the heart of it all, you could have a championship football team. Yeah. And maybe this year's our year. <laughs> I think. Th- I think they might be third in the Big Ten East this year. Oh. Ooh. Penn State and Michigan ahead of them. That's Michael, my that's prediction. Quite a prediction. We'll Let's, have to revisit yeah. that as the season goes along. In the meantime, what do you got next? This one is from um, Met Foreman Rocks. Getting Hammered is the uh, title. Yeah. Thank goodness I stumbled upon this podcast because it led me to a truly professional <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hammered with Mary Catherine Ham. Thanks for the stepping stone. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Oh, that's just perfect. And undeniably true, too, which makes it 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 that much better. If you haven't subscribed to Getting Hammered with Mary Catherine Ham, you should, because it's a terrific program. Uh, Smug, what do we got? So this one comes from 66Adam, and it says, The countdown to Thanksgiving has begun. As a day one listener, I've enjoyed every episode of the Variety program, but there's an annual episode that brings a spark of joy to my life. With the temperatures dropping and the leaves changing, yeah, summer's dead and gone, that's for sure. (laughs) That means I can start to count down to the Ruthless Thanksgiving special. It's a holiday tradition rivaled only by a Charlie Brown Christmas. Nothing brings a family closer or drives them apart more than the fellas giving us their hot takes on Turkey Day. (laughs) And now that social media intern Comfortably Smug has apparently returned to college, (laughs) having guest hosts such as uh, University of Georgia legend Mary Catherine Hamm makes the show even more exciting. Keep the faith, hold the line, own the libs, and stay ruthless. That's great. So good. Everybody loves MK. I mean, they just yeah. do. Everybody loves the Thanksgiving special, especially like if you're an OG listener. Yeah. You know, like you look forward to that. And and it's a lot of pressure on us. Like we're going to have to do something really different and special this year. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think people know what's coming. You know what? It's it, And it's only like eight weeks away, right? Am I, am I, I, am I miscounting that? No, six, that's six, right. Six, eight weeks. Oh yeah. my gosh. Are you serious? Yep. Yeah, it's com- it's right around the corner. Yeah. You gotta think about how you bully your liberal relatives a lot between now and then. We're gonna come up with some innovative stuff, no question about <laughs> it. Uh, I love it. Okay, so we've made it a tradition here uh, every week to take a look back at the end of the week and say who won the week, who didn't win the week as it pertains to the presidential primary election. Um, there was a lot of action in August. It settled back into like, you know, there's some governing pieces in September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it's mostly horse racey stuff. 
not as much high profile events. You kind of got to dig under the hood to sort of come up with your takes on this. But uh, let's start at the end of the table. Smash, what do you got? It could be said that this time of year, weekends are often framed around one thing, and that's football. So for my winner of the week, I actually have two. This uh, is the oh. first time I've ever picked two people. No, that's not allowed. That's the first time I've ever picked two can people. Can I get a ruling? Yeah, well, if it's He wants it. to steal two and then be like, hey, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, what do you guys think? <laughs> okay, well, Let me say the field and then you guys go. All right, all right. If it's just one, then I pick Donald Trump. Okay. okay. Because Donald Trump went directly to the Iowa Iowa State game. He went directly to a fraternity house, and you guys might not like the fraternity, but it's an agriculture fraternity. I don't fraternity. know the fraternity. That okay. was my only point. I've never heard of it. AGR. It's it's a giant a- yeah. agriculture fraternity, and it's a big deal. Okay, mm-hmm. in the state of Iowa, right, right, right. Donald Trump went right it's into like the house. It's like he's lecturing. Why are you lecturing us? This guy's going off. Donald Trump went right into the house. The fellas <laughs> loved it. They absolutely loved it. They had a cookout. Trump walked out into the stadium, and he did get some booze. He did get some booze. That his campaign tried to cover. His allies tried to cover it up. But the reality is, despite the booze, Trump's performance once again showed that he really has an eye for showmanship. And I, I won't tell you who the second guy that I thought yeah, please won don't, it. Don't, tied don't. It, But there was another guy who came very, very close to Trump last Saturday. Okay. All right. Michael? Well, I kind of agreed with him that it was it was Trump, but now that I got a lecture, I'm going to say Ron DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> and that is totally, for those listeners who are loyal listeners of the Variety Pro- Program, you know that this is not something that you didn't see coming. Yeah. <laughs> immediately going to have to now I'm going to take the other side okay okay so I saw a tweet from uh, one of Trump's uh, senior advisors um, not Chris LaCivita but but one of the other ones um, talking about how Ron DeSantis was copying him by going to you know the Iowa Iowa State game Uh like like they're the first people in politics to think about showing up at the biggest game in the first Republican <laughs> primary state. Like they they innovated on that. Where you have they a, invented it. Where you have a hundred percent of football fans in Iowa yeah, watching. Right. Yeah. Got it. Um, uh, look, I think everything Trump did there was uh, fantastic uh, because it created this sense of. Um, inevitability yeah right like he, he played to the crowds and everything he threw some footballs he actually had really good form in that like i liked where the elbow was and it had a good spiral yeah. the release point looked I mean, good he's an athlete and the left the left hand was in the right place yeah it you know, wasn't like, one of those weak throws no. you see typically from a like, president like, yeah you know right he can actually do it he can actually do it and he actually did have good crowds <sighs> they weren't his crowds that's my point is like this is fake like the idea that he won the week because he showed up at a place where everybody was and people cheered mm-hmm. is not an actual show of momentum. It's jumping to the front of the parade and claiming that you started it. You, like He just showed up at the football game. Mm. And so Ron DeSantis is my winner because what he's doing is working the inside game mm-hmm. in Iowa in a way that I think is going to pay dividends. Mm. You know, he's there with the governor. Yeah, I mean, we saw that. We know, like, it's it's clear that he's working, uh, working with that inside game of state legislators and stuff and trying to figure out how to secure endorsements and things like that. And I think that has real, real value. Mm -hmm. Like what, what Donald Trump did 
looks great on social media and is great for the Beltway press to be able to talk about, oh, wow, look at all this momentum for Donald Trump. And like, look, don't get me wrong. The guy's up by 40 points. He's doing great in the state. Yeah, yeah. must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, but look, I guess I guess when 75% of every dollar you raise has to yeah. go to pay for lawyers, you can't have an event of your own. You got to show up at the, oh, I, at the Iowa, Iowa State game and claim it's your event, you know? Like, <laughs> again, all, all this isn't even directed at Donald Trump. It's, it's directed at, at John Ashbrook for being a dick and lecturing us. So. <laughs> so good. Uh, on to Smug. We've spent a lot of time with each other, Smug. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say that uh, my winner for the week would be Tim Scott. Uh, the Washington Post had an article that this said, is because his consultant came they, on the program. Well, so so <laughs> Tim Scott had an article in the Washington Post saying that he actually does have a girlfriend, um, but he would. This is a direct quote. It says he wouldn't name her, and the campaign declined to make her available to chat even off the record. Technically, I can't verify that she exists, except to note that for a presidential campaign to essentially reverse Catfish America would be insane. <laughs> so, like, I mean that's. I mean, let's be honest. That's it's pretty good writing. Wait, who who wrote that? Uh, I'll I'll pull it up. Uh, but I, you know, I want to congratulate him. He won the week. His girlfriend is like in. Canada. Is that Ben Terrace? It is. That See, is. He's, I mean, he's a writer. To be honest with you, this guy. He's the guy who goes around just like axes people and just like it's a body bag. If I, he I'll tell right? you, but I personally love his writing so much because like that that line right there is such a perfect example. I don't care what your partisanship is or whether you love. Tim Scott or Love Another Can like that line is such a perfect silver blade. Yeah. That it's like there's a flourish of the pen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean it, You gotta it, respect it. It, it but it, and it's also just totally true, right? I mean, if you are reverse catfishing the American yeah. electorate, that ain't great. And I in the article they also say they spoke to like four or five close friends who have no idea, they've never heard of what if it's like or... what if it's like an internet relationship and he's getting Manti Teo? Mante Teo? Oh, remember that? Yeah, he was a Notre Dame linebacker, very yeah. famously, almost won the Heisman Trophy this year. That year that he was playing uh, at Notre Dame, they went to, I forget what bowl it was, but it was basically a, a bowl championship series yeah. at that era, I think so. right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, very big deal. He was in the talk of the town, and then it was revealed that the girlfriend that he'd been talking about throughout the course of the season... It was scamming him. Not only w was not... Well, first, it was she died. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but it was all fake. It was all fake, but then in the end, it turned out it was not a a, a woman at all. It was a man uh, who he had known and grown up with and played football with. Yeah, Real and, and, and he was a victim in it too. He it's totally point out like the doc when the documentary came out that like he was a victim. He was duped and like he it, was just naive. It, it, yeah, he was a kid. Yeah. And he had no idea what he was getting himself into, and he thought he was expressing something that's pretty sad didn't exist. I and just, that was like the beginning I, of the internet era of like completely demolishing public figures through mm. catfishing. I, I fundamentally don't believe that Tim Scott is being manti teoed here. I think he's just protecting this woman. No, I know. I'm joking. <laughs> I get it. I'm Can't just we saying. have a little Listen, fun? I, 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 yeah. that's, that, that's why I said he won the week. His girlfriend's just in Canada. She doesn't go to this school. You guys don't know her. But Well, Smug, it's, it's the fall now. Maybe he met her at summer camp. You know, and just... <laughs> there you go. It was a summer romance, a summer fling. And <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So congratulations, he won the week. We are joking. I love parody, it. Parody, parody, we're and laughing. I feel like tire. now we need to say that because Smash put us all in the a spot yeah. where we're like, yeah, oh. Being a okay, I'm sorry. You know what? It would be pretty Can funny. we have a good time, is that all? Is that <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of his old high school teammates. <laughs> I mean, I just thought the whole bit was funny. And look, far be it from us. I think we're now at a stage where we're, 
most people don't care about stuff like I that. But the care. fact that we're having a rolling conversation about it is ridiculous and weird. And I appreciate that. that I don't think they the, care. There's a lot of curiosity out there, but I don't think people care. So I, I don't think there's any question from my vantage point that Trump won the week and it, you know a little bit to do with the Iowa situation, but more to do with the polls. Yeah. Because you went through a August that was absolutely jam-packed, full of candidate events, where all of these candidates are working their asses off. They're meeting more voters. They're working harder than anybody else. Donald Trump, and I don't care what anybody says, was largely off the playing field. I mean, he, he dropped in for 45 minutes into Iowa. He did a couple of events, but like nothing really all that noteworthy. And then you wake up in September and you look at the polls. Quinnipiac came out with one yesterday. He's up 50. Mm-hmm. 62-12 over DeSantis. Nobody else over six. Uh, you look at uh, this other messenger, Harris. Six, I don't know what this poll is, but it's got him up 48. Yeah. Right? Um, you've got the CNN polls that came out at the end of last week that show him up, you know, massive numbers. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Holmes. And I know I'm arguing against myself again. The only reason I picked DeSantis was to, I had to countervail my friend John Ashbrook, who was being a little bit, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I like that you're a, a contrarian, a resident but, contrarian. But, but I saw I saw a tweet of a video from Never Back Down, the DeSantis super PAC, that was talking about, like, Trump is ignoring Iowa, you know, like his, his team says he's faltering in the state. Like, basically, it seemed like they're sort of trying to, like, wag the dog a little bit on this thing and create something out of thin air because even though all of those points are correct that Donald Trump spent 45 minutes at the Iowa State Fair and he showed up at the at the um the Iowa Iowa State game and and threw a football and that's pretty much it the guy's got a lead of 40 points yeah I mean that's you have to subscribe to a theory of the case at one level and if you believe that Donald Trump is not the inevitable nominee here you also have to believe that voters at some point are going to hold him accountable for not working as hard as the rest of the field at going, trying to obtain their votes. Yeah. What I'm saying. But are is you trying to manifest that out of thin air? Because it seems like they're trying to manifest it out of thin air. Yeah. What I'm saying is after August, there has never been a more technicolor display of what candidates were doing across this country and what Donald Trump was doing to go right. earn people's votes. Right. And the back end of that is the leads got bigger. Yeah. And also to uh, further your argument, I'd like to add, I saw Foldy reported on this. The other night, did you see this? Donald Trump spent the night with uh, the Gold Star families who lost someone during Biden's disastrous pullout from Afghanistan. And he spent the night talking with them and listening to them, which is more than Joe Biden did when he was checking his watch to be like, when can I get done with this? Yeah. That was really nice of of President Trump to do that. Yep. No, look, he's made high profile, very quality impacts, albeit uh, limited especially in comparison to 2020 and 2016 in particular, where he was omnipresent every single day. Yeah. Anyway, let's transition to this uh, impeachment inquiry. Uh, We're going to take this one from foxnews.com. Fox News Digital has confirmed House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will tell House Republicans today that beginning an impeachment inquiry against President Biden is the next logical step. The House GOP conference plans to hold a meeting Thursday morning Uh, for key committee chairs to lay out their latest findings and the status of their investigations into the Biden family. Now, we want a lot of you to listen to this with Nancy Mace because she's on the oversight committee and she has been right in the middle of what people have found and not found. 
and she's an extraordinarily serious person when it comes to examining evidence. Like she's not, she doesn't just sort of manifest her view of what might happen. Mm -hmm. uh, she tells you exactly what it is that you know. It's pretty much the opposite of what Adam Schiff, Adam Schiff did. Mm -hmm. Right. The exact opposite. She's not inventing stuff out of whole cloth. She can walk through the evidence that we have thus far and what we still need to get. That's yep. a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, you've heard uh, at the top of the show what Democrats' response to that is. But, you know, we had a chance to catch up a little bit with Jamie Comer mm -hmm. uh, in the last couple of days and, and talk to him a little bit about this. And he's like, look, nobody would know any of this stuff if it wasn't for the work of the oversight. Committee. No, that's exactly mm -hmm. right. And he's 100% right. I mean, look, before this House majority took place, it was Russian disinformation. Mm hmm the laptop wasn't real. Yeah, Hunter's laptop was Russian disinformation. It was banned from social media. Yeah. Right, Tony Bobolinsky, who made four or five unbelievably serious allegations, at least four of which now we know are concrete fact. Mm -hmm. A he, partner of Hunter Biden's, and was he was like, laughed, I have facts. laughed and dismissed, and and only Tucker Carlson would run the guy's interview mm -hmm. because it was so outlandish. But now, because of Jamie Comer's committee, we know that to be true. Mm -hmm. And the efforts of Grassley and Johnson, I should say, in the mm -hmm. Senate, who've done a terrific job on this as well. But all of this is leading to a point where I think they have come to the conclusion that they're getting end run by so many agencies and blocked at every corner mm -hmm. that unless you take a next step, you're actually not going to get to where a smoking gun may reside, not mm -hmm. even whether it exists. But where it may reside, and of course, that's in the finances. No, oh, that's exactly right. And there are thousands, thousands of pages of bank statements and other documents that the Biden family has not turned over to anybody yet. And if you're wondering why his administration is running interference on all of that, I, I don't think I need to tell you. I mean, without this committee, like you just said, what, what Jamie Comer has done and what Jim Jordan and everybody else on this, without this committee... We wouldn't know any of it because the media lacks all curiosity mm -hmm. when it comes to corruption from the Biden administration because he's a Democrat. The media hates Donald Trump. We know they hate Donald Trump. If the media, if Donald Trump had done what Joe Biden has done or potentially has done here, the me nobody would be happier in the mainstream well, media. Well, it wouldn't take a, a congressional committee to over. No, you know, to, to, to get the information. I mean, we would have been there a long time. We already know. Think think about the drumbeat, the, the thousands of stories that were written about Trump's tax returns, everything else they wanted about Trump. It wasn't it wasn't like a, a committee that was demanding that stuff. It was the media who mm -hmm. was demanding it. And the Democrats were following what the what the media was saying. It's a fascinating development. And I think they have done this the right way. Like you've heard our skepticism about timing about whether you want because it look the reality is impeachment once you say the word blocks out the sun for everything else and the reality of you pushing an agenda separate and aside from impeachment once you say the word impeachment is it's non-existent mm -hmm. like you're, you're now in the impeachment game they clearly have a lot to do in september and they don't want to shut the government down because like look basic competency is sort of at a premium and you're not going to get it on the democratic side the last thing that republicans would want is for 
people in the center of this electorate that make up the difference between winning presidential elections and losing presidential elections or winning majorities and losing majorities to think that you're basically not capable of doing the bottom line, which is keeping the lights on in the Capitol. Yeah. And it's a big, big deal. And I hope everybody who looks at how incompetent this Biden administration is and how much you would love for them to not get a blank check to do whatever they want to recognize if you lose those moderate voters who look at competence as the core function of the people they elect to Congress, if you lose those people and you don't have that majority, this impeachment inquiry never happens. It never happens. The, the, the investigation never happens. We never find out any of this stuff. It goes so, away. So, so you, there's always a push and pull in politics. It doesn't matter how liberal, how conservative you are. You have to be willing to take a win sometimes and, and realize, you know, politics is the art of the possible here. And yeah. sometimes you got to get to a conclusion, even though you don't get everything that you want, because you're going to have another election and you hope you win and you have another majority. Yep. You can't always just burn it all down because sometimes when you burn it all down, you're hurting your ability to do your job. You lose the majority. You don't get to do things like this and investigate people. And I, I'll also say I don't have a lot of tolerance at this stage for people not playing team ball because there are certain points, inflection points in the course of a political season where you got to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And once you're in the impeachment category, you got to be perfect. I mean, we saw what happened when Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff launched this insane Ukraine impeachment against Trump. One, they got thumped, mm -hmm. thumped. There was a bipartisan majority or minority at that point that thought that this was completely ridiculous in the House. And then it went to the Senate and got tossed out on its ass. And then the what happened in February of that year, right after he was exonerated in the Senate, is that he got a 10-point bump in the polls. Yeah. And it, because they were not thoughtful, because they were all the opposite of what Adam Schiff suggested at the top of this program. And you have to learn something from that. And you have to know that not only are you going to pursue this, which I believe is right, and I think that this is the right thing to do, but you also have to get the nuts and bolts right because nobody, nobody wants a House Republican majority to be accused of taking their eye off the ball and the basic core functions of government in pursuit of a partisan task if ultimately they can't get to a conclusion on that. Yeah. And they, we don't know if they can get to a conclusion, but the one way you can guarantee they don't get to a conclusion if you start losing elections. Mm -hmm. And so you got to think about that holistically. And I'm really not a fan of everybody sort of like running out and trying to blast, you know, you have the Matt Gateses of the world blasting on one side, then you had some others on the other side. And it's like, no, God, this, you got to stick together here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you got to let the facts lead where you logically think. And if Jamie Comer is right, and I believe he is right, it's going to lead to something that all of your rhetoric mm -hmm. doesn't matter because the proof Yep. We'll tell the story. The, the price of not sticking together is already being paid in this, in this memo that the White House sent out today. The first page was replete with Republicans saying, oh, we don't need to be, we don't need to, you know, like, we don't need to be impeaching Trump. Or, I'm sorry, we don't need to be impeaching Biden. Did you, I don't know if you guys yeah. read, read Although I will say this, a lot of them are old quotes. And I, I, I think we didn't know what we don't know. I mean, there's an awful lot of members that were reacting to like Hunter Biden 
prostitute tapes. Wait, but it shows you even it's, so they're all quote. It shows you what this White House is doing. They're hunting for any Republican divide. who they can yep. use to divide. And all that's of what us. the media is doing too. By the way, they're not interested at all in, in thoughtful people like like Nancy Mace coming on and talking about what she thinks they need to do to get to the end of this inquiry. Like that, that's not a part of the interview that they're interested in. Right. They're interested in the one Republican who says all these people are idiots. Yeah. And that's it. Because their end goal is to make Democrats look good. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is, it, it's not worth reading. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. Do you guys see this rhino news? No. Different rhino news. Not typically what we cover in politics, Mug. Was it Mitt Romney retiring? Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. What a... <laughs> What an absolute blast. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, uh, nope, that's not it. Uh, this is according to Sky News. Uh, a rhino kills a zookeeper and seriously injures another in Austria. My God. A, a rhino killed a zookeeper and seriously injured her colleague, police in Austria have said. The attack happened at a Libram Zoo, western city of Salzburg, around 7 a.m. The 33-year-old zookeeper was attacked by the animal for reasons that are still unknown mm. during routine work in the rhino enclosure. Uh, the woman succumbed to her injuries at the scene of the accident. Um, to your point, Smash, mm -hmm. they're coming. Well, uh I can't imagine why a zookeeper would be in the cage for any reason other than to clean up after the rhino or to feed it. <laughs> and if this shows you the level of respect an animal shows its human caretaker, imagine what every other animal might do to every other person if given the opportunity. Animals are dangerous, <laughs> and we know they're rising up against humanity, and it's very, very important that we stand up and stop them. And I think we've had a few guests who've suggested that they themselves feel like they're capable of taking on the rhino, mm -hmm. uh, which I think now is applicable. Oh, it's certainly applicable. Because to your point here, uh, this happened during the morning rounds when the animals are, fret, are fed mm -hmm. and treated with insect repellent, mm -hmm. of course, to try to make sure that these are not uncomfortable animals. Mm. Right. Right, they're taking care of them. They're taking care of them. And yeah. this animal decided, no, thank you. Yeah, this is literally biting the hand that feeds you. I will stop you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is, honestly, this gets to the fundamental reason why we ask everybody, which animal can you take on mano a mano? Because <laughs> we, we want to put a plan to place. There's a recruitment process. <laughs> we have to have an army. If we're going to be able to stave off this animal menace, we're going to have to have people who can do it. I think that's right. I'm that's glad right. you've led this, the way on this. This is such a terrible story. So, like, it was a, a the woman ended up being killed. She succumbed to her injuries, but the guy who was injured uh, jumped in there and tried to get the attention of the rhino to help her. <laughs> that's awful. And the rhino comes and, charging at him. Yeah, and so he got helicoptered out. I mean, the only way to take care of a rhino is a bullet, dude. Like. Mm -hmm. They make great trophies, not zoo animals. No, or this pets. is exactly. So, well, they ought to saw off that horn for starters. So what? what right? The, Don't they? Well, you want they, that as part of the trophy, though, right? You need to. You need to get that horn off. There. What? What the Austrians need to do is take a page out of Cincinnati's playbook. And when <laughs> Harambe the, oh had a God. child in his cage, <laughs> Cincinnati took, took him down. That's a great take. <laughs> Aus, the Austrians, the Europeans, <laughs> need to call Cincinnati. And ask them how to handle that the situation. That is ridiculous. Right. Great Har take. Harambe was the last good one. 
Yeah, that's what they all said. He was the last good animal, yeah. and we killed him. <laughs> he was trying to protect that baby. Oh, I'm sure. And all we have it. left is all these animals trying to fight us. And it's just, I can't believe he Maybe it's decided the Cincinnati Zoo against Harambe, <laughs> an angel who is in heaven. He deserved it. He was a horrible Harambe tried a to kill monster. a child. Yeah, Michael. seriously. <laughs> he did not. Michael's still taking the words. Shout the out animal. to the zookeeper who shot him. Like, that's good aim when there's yeah. a kid there, too. It's not hard shout to out, Shout out to Gorilla. Shout out but he's to holding it. a kid, so, you know, you got to make sure you, you make that shot. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There is some you, added de- level of yeah. difficulty. Harambe's like holding the kid in front of him, mm-hmm. trying to use him as a body shield during his escape. Hold on. Our police officers are trained for hold, that hold on it's like a hostage situation someone as like as someone smug who has a lot to say about parents with children on airplanes <laughs> you you don't point out the fact that maybe it's the parents fault that the child fell into the enclosure i, th- I think this is you blame you blame parents for kids ears you don't, you don't have to take an this. airplane you don't have to take this and you're up. gonna sit here and be like it's harambe's fault that somebody wasn't watching the kid no, no I'm, I'm telling you there's no good there, there's no good person in this story it's all all just it's terrible people all the way down except for the one who shot the gorilla <laughs> oh man i guess we know who not to call when the animals come for yeah. us michael duncan <laughs> is gonna be on their side okay uh but you know what we've got even more for you because we have an alien situation oh man for those of you not on social media, you've missed a great day on Wednesday when basically everybody was engaging with the photograph that was released of an alien body with three-fingered hands, unknown DNA, and quote-unquote eggs inside. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's Present- a photo of it for the folks on YouTube. You get to enjoy <laughs> Yeah, you get, yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Clearly guy. real. <laughs> how do you doubt that scientific I mean, it, look at that it looks like not at all paper mache it looks like <laughs> it looks like a beef jerky version of et <laughs> it's like dehydrated <laughs> it was found in peru and said yeah. to be a thousand years old sure it is uh the body is is pretty scrawny uh i'll be frank with you uh, I'll read from this Daily Mail piece. Jaime Musan, who has led investigations into alien phenomena for decades, stood with scientists to unveil two corpses in what he called a watershed event in front of Mexican Congress on Tuesday. Uh, the researchers made the extraordinary claim that the corpses presented in windowed boxes uh, and supposedly recovered in Cusco, Peru, were not a part of our terrestrial evolution, with 30% of their genetic composition still unknown, according to the Mexican media. Um, All right, so we've got a variety of views on this program Mm -hmm. about whether or not something like that uh, is real. Michael, you've always taken the position that we are being alien invaded. Uh, I feel like Smug's gone back and forth a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i mean i think it's interesting to know it says here that carbon dating uh by a university uh found the body to be a thousand years old right mm-hmm. so i think they maybe got like some old prehistoric <coughs> animals or whatever mixed them up jumbled them up uh put some paper mache in there yeah. made like et and they're like now look at this but honestly i uh, i you know they said that they presented this today in front of uh 
you know, Mexico's Congress. I'm happy for the first time since the Trump presidency, you know, you've got the Mexican government who's doing something about illegal aliens. So finally, he's oh! got that going. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. good. Good take. Solid take. Well, you should know that this guy, uh, Mossan, has been associated with debunked alien theories in the past. You're kidding. Yeah, and he insisted under oath on Tuesday that these specimens are not a part of our terrestrial evolution and these things uh, that were found after the UFO wreckage little knowledge about what he's talking about there with the ufo wreckage uh but this guy apparently has got a little bit of a record of perhaps stretching things a touch i just love all the memes that came out of it when it was uh on twitter it it's was, worth it that, for that. that image where it was like you know the morning after my wife asked me if i'd been drinking it's just like <laughs> this dehydrated <laughs> dude laid out <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine was uh, me when my wife says that we have to take kids to birthday parties during the <laughs> football season. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to think about this stuff. I, I think it's a psyop from the government yeah, itself that's trying to throw us off the trail. I think so. And you're I, on, I think you're the lizard people the would want you to believe in aliens. Yeah, well, so, I mean... Look, our own government has acknowledged that there have been more un unidentified flying objects than we previously disclosed. What's also true, and watch a little documentary called Mirage Men, is that our government has... <laughs> <laughs> Our, our government has actually... This is like a documentary gets you put on a list or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, first of all, um, th this episode is sponsored by VPN.com. <laughs> go ahead and like open a private uh, browser tab. Uh, go to Tor. Go to open up, open up Tor and go to the real dark web and, and download Mirage Men. And you, you will find out that our government has actually put out fake information um, to uh, pe <laughs> people who've been re researching aliens in an effort to discredit them is that it's like sort of a false flag operation that our government has used uh, for like 60 years. And I think our government is probably funding this because it looks ridiculous and it's going to make people stop asking does, the right questions about anyone, the aliens being real. Does anyone think that if we had definitive proof of an, an alien existence that Donald Trump wouldn't have mentioned that in the first five days of his presidency? Anyway, think I think the deep state would hide it from him, but what? that's also Donald Trump, a man known for his restraint. There's no <laughs> chance that that man would not have told us immediately. Well, he didn't. It's actually he didn't strongest. tell us what happened to JFK. That's true. <laughs> that's no. True. Remember, he didn't. Though you're right. This, this is an this argument. Is actually, for, this might be an argument for a second term. This, but this is uh, to, to, to Michael's point. Uh, there was. Remember, he talked about how he was going to release all the files of JFK, and then he didn't do it. Maybe there's nothing there. I don't know. I mean, I think. Well, if you listen, I don't know. Maybe his if you listen to uh, I think, uh, Ramaswamy. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. I'm pretty sure that guy is going right. to get to the bottom of that situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think when Trump was president, he 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 started working with Ted Cruz. They they got a good working relationship, <laughs> so now he doesn't want to rat out Ted's dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. He was on to Ted's dad early. <laughs> he called him out in the primary. I know it. And there's a history of murder there too, as we know with the. Uh, the yeah. serial killings in the upper mid upper northwest uh anyway uh so listen what we got to get to guys real quickly but we're going to go quickly through this you've all probably seen this candidate in virginia uh which <laughs> susanna gibson is her name and she's a democrat candidate for, is it state senate mm, i think so yeah 
or state house. I can, it's a state legislative. It's important. It's the race. Virginia House of Delegates. Okay, yeah. Virginia House of Delegates. It's yeah, it's the House version, right? It's not the Senate. Right, it's the House. Yeah, right. So, uh, and the reason this is important, it, remember when we had Glenn Youngkin's advisor on Rex Road to talk about how much effort is being put in on the Republican side to try to get pull Virginia back from its deep blue state and win an election there other than Yunkin's election for the first time and it's in an off year and it's coming up. This woman is running in a race that's sort of in a bellwether situation mm-hmm. where they, they kind of both sides have to have it. Well, it's revealed that she has some extracurriculars. Oh, what type? I'm very interested. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with a website by the name of Chatterbait? Oh, wait, first, parental warning. I like that that's in the doc. Parental warning. Oh, yeah, no, Parental warning. It, it, you're, very, yeah. it, you're very sensitive to the needs of yeah. parents. Yeah, you know, clearly. I listened to the episode <laughs> you did solo where, like, you know, kids are the problem on the airplane when you could just put your headphones on, you know? <laughs> but it is important. I'm glad you mentioned it. Maybe if you're picking up the kids from school, this isn't the segment to keep on. <laughs> I think that's right. This is according to the Associated Press, however. <laughs> so we're not exactly uh, dumpster diving into our sources. This is widely reported. Mm. A candidate in a high-stakes legislative contest in Virginia had sex with her husband in live videos posted on a pornographic website and asked viewers to pay them money in return for carrying out specific sex acts. Uh, there have been images that have been out there. And uh, uh, there's no question there are sex tapes and then there are stuff like this, which is, uh, shall we say, a touch more on the aggressive side. Yeah, it's it's not like um, like her and her husband made a sex tape and it got leaked. There was no right? leaking. They put right. it on the internet and they asked subscribers to their page to give them money yeah. for them to continue in various acts, shall mm-hmm. we say. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe me, I think I'm being very well, appropriate. I, I, I think that's important ages. to note. So. One of the things that I think wasn't getting enough attention about the story is there was uh, during one of these recordings, she said that, hey, if viewers, if you give me like a uh, hundred bucks or something, then I'll flat I'll, we'll order room service and I'll flash the person that sent up to deliver it. And my question is, how many people are being filmed without their consent in these people's videos that they're mm-hmm. making? Because those people didn't, you know, you're working at a hotel. Mm-hmm. You're already having to deal with God knows what people are demanding. And then to be like, okay, great. Now I'm being thrown on some live pornographic stream. That's like not exactly what I signed up for mm-hmm. working at this yeah, hotel. Take, take your burger later. Yeah, so, I, so I, she's doing that. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot uh, from um, the Democrats talking about what an invasion of privacy this is. And let's set aside the whole fact that this was live streamed or whatever. But like, what about invading the privacy of the guy answering the door? Seriously. <laughs> she didn't care about that. Didn't care. Well, I just think, I mean, look. And it's been reported that like images of their kids appeared in a video is on the guy's watch or something, his Apple watch. And then uh, also she, so she announced her candidacy, I want to say in July or August of last year. And then she's doing streams still at the end of last year after she'd announced saying to the viewers, Hey guys, you know, be sure to donate money. It's going towards a good cause. So is she like soliciting campaign money? This because that's illegal. That would be the most wild thing ever. See, that is the thing that you need to find out, right? Because she's been, like she said, it's going for a good cause. And it was after that she had announced her candidate, which, by the way, the balls, to be like, hey, I'm going to run for the House of Delegates and then I'm going to go live 
with yeah. my husband and solicit donations for a quote unquote good cause while I have sex in public. And then and then at the end of that be like, what an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I can't I, I simply can, am can, astonished that people would try to look to uncover things like that. You can only get away with it if you're a Democrat. But I just don't it so it just cuts two ways for me. I'm hardly the puritanical type as I think probably listeners of the variety program understand. Uh, I don't look at this stuff as like a disqualifier in terms of like an act, particularly with her husband. I think it's really sort of like questionable judgment to do this online at some level. You're trusting this person to have the judgment to sort of represent you in your district. And like this is just something they've thrown out. Uh, you got to imagine their representation is probably not what you'd like it to be. If that if they're willing to compromise their own sort of personal integrity in that in that level, however, I will say, would you be shocked if she like posts a record fundraising number after this? No, no, I no. because I think bro Donald Trump has been indicted like four times, four times, and he has had record fundraising days every time. Yeah. Why would this be any different? But I think that's part of what the American people are saying at some level. Like I'm not defending this at all, and I'm not going to. Because I do think this lady's judgment is just completely warped if she thinks that you can, on one hand, make some kind of a living <clears throat> filming as a mom, yeah, filming sex acts and getting paid for it, mm -hmm. and then expressing an incredulous indignation that anybody would be interested in that kind of thing. Yeah. But on the other, it's like... I think the American people are pretty much telling all of us with the lead that Donald Trump has, with what's happened over the last three years in terms of whatever, is like, we're not interested in puritanical politics right now. No, I just think, I think people that, just don't care about anything. No, like, it's just don't. negative partisanship. It's like, oh, somebody's attacking our side. I'm going to give that person money. Yeah, the politics of 20, even 10 years ago are out the window. It's a completely different yeah. game field here. We, 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 we have never seen anything like this, and I have a feeling, guys, it's it. There's only going to be more of it. There's really, there's only going to be more of it. This isn't the last. This isn't. Like, I mean, it's good. This is this is like quality. I mean, quality. I mean, like, I don't know if I'd call it quality. Uh, I mean, it's not our best. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say that this is easily the most aggressive in terms of like what's been out there for a candidate in a serious political race? I think so, but uh, I, I think Ashbrook's right in the sense that you know you're going to eventually have folks who are uh, you know in their twenties or early twenties right now who have shared every moment of their lives on social media to begin with. Yeah, yeah, the, the, they're the, less concerned about it. Every, oh, for sure, everything is being pushed. All the norms are out the window. You know, like everything is brand new politics. But there's still. But to your point that you were making earlier about how it's only a problem if a Republican does it. I mean, there's still docs and kids. Uh, they become a, a conservative hero on something, and then they show up at like when they were 16 years old. They said something that was intemperate on the internet, right? And then like that person's life is ruined, right? So it's not like they're stopping, right? The cancellation no, process. Good, but right. also, That's again, I, I just want to say that the issue here, whether you know you're libertarian or not, or how you feel about how this person was earning their living. At the end of the day, they, they there's recordings of them being like, I'm going to involve people in this recording without their consent. You have yeah, examples the of them point. being like, hey, give money because it's going towards a good cause after they denounce their candidacy. So is that illegal donations? Because in Virginia, you have to provide 
It's just like the FEC. You have to provide the names of your donors and the amounts and such. So, you know, there's questions about that. If they took that money that. and then they self-funded, which I don't know, and we, we can maybe do some homework as a program, but if there's any sort of loan to the campaign or anything that was... Well, I think this and is then a, you got a huge problem. I think the mainstream media journalists who are trying to run cover right now on this should be the ones asking these questions but because not, these are good not, questions. Weird that they're, they're not. They're not going in to. fact, the funny thing is, is they they've care. come up. There was what was that big Politico headline that, that was like, "This doesn't matter." It's like uh, I figured it was. It was Jack Schaefer who was like, "What's wrong with um, <laughs> candidates uh, live streaming sex for money?" <laughs> Which and I guess that was the headline. Jeez. But again, if this person ran for the house, saying, "Hey, this is I've done this." That I'd be sympathetic to that argument, to be honest with you, because it's part of what voters know about someone. They can choose to vote for that or not. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the idea that this comes out at the end of an election cycle and then they see themselves as the victim. They are not. A, this lady is not a victim here. Like she live streamed this stuff. It's not a when you put something on a live stream that people are paying subscriptions to see. Yeah. It was it was like selling. It's like McDonald's being like, how dare you <laughs> accuse us of selling fries? You it, know, yeah. it's like, what? It's like, what do you mean? It's this on the was menu. a product that you were selling. It's on the menu. And now you're saying it's like, how dare you use this blackmail of fries? You were selling them. All I want to say is she had some real sick stuff on the menu. I was just going to say is the menu was actually a, shall we say, a broad uh, array of. of uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, uh, to me, that was one of the greatest ironies is the Democrats spent all these years hoping for Donald Trump to have a P-tape, and now they're candidates out there selling them on the internet. <laughs> there was oh. there was some brief mention of what you're referring to, no mm. question about it. All right, we got to play a game, but there's one thing that we need to hit, because I know Smuggy wanted to hit this. Uh, there was a study that was done, uh, and I'm not even sure where, it's in The Economist, I guess. Yeah, this is from The Economist. Um, where sit-down chain restaurants like Olive Garden, Chili's, and Applebee's top the list, they bring Americans together more than any other private or public institution, eclipsing bars, churches, uh, gas stations, libraries, parks, or schools. Wild stuff. If you think yeah. about it, though, I think that's probably right. Yeah. I mean, that's so the, the the chart that they include is really interesting. It basically shows it. What it's essentially showing is how much of a difference is there in between different classes and groups of people at each of these locations. So it tends to be like I could understand the example that they're giving of like religious organizations, because typically you're going to a church that's local to you, right? Yeah. So it's within your community, so it's not going to be as much, yeah, it's of not as much different diversity groups. of yeah, yeah, different classes or whatever. Class. Yeah. yeah, but apparently, you know, Olive Garden, you know, across income tax brackets, every group loves going and showing up for the free breadsticks. Dude, Applebee's their whole tagline is the neighborhood gathering place. There it is. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their apps. Course, their, apps their apps are incredible. Yeah, <laughs> their apps are incredible. Chili's, the baby back ribs. Chili's baby back ribs, the triple dipper. The triple dipper is the one with the sliders and the um, buffalo wings, and then I think they got the southwestern egg rolls. Or you Delightful. Just, you can just walk in and get the chicken tenders and ranch dressing. There you go. But let me just suggest. I, I do think there's a cut. Maybe it's the greatest diversity in terms of like low income to high income. But there's definitely at least uh, one segment of the high income that you're a late. If, unless you're the CEO of Darden Foods, I don't think you're going to see that a CEO of a Fortune 50 company that's showing up at Olive Garden. I don't know. There's a that, well, they're missing out. Yeah, that's that, that what, show, that's that's what's wrong with corporations today. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. That uh, on diners, drive-ins, and dives, you had Steve Cohen who owns. Uh, a, a team, the the Mets, yeah, the Mets. in New York, yeah. runs a huge hedge fund, 
And his favorite place to go is like one of those like dive dives. Yeah, but it's a dive. I mean, there's character in that. There's no character in this stuff. Hold on. It's free breadsticks. Dude, Dude the salad. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? It's actually pretty good. You're telling me. It's the me, best authentic Italian food me, in America. You're telling me. I, I, just want, I just want this on the record so everybody can understand. You're telling me that when you go to a city, you're visiting for work or whatever, that you're like, let me see what's available here. It could be like a niche, like local restaurant that everybody thinks is great, a dive bar or something like that. Nope. Applebee's no, that, Olive but Garden. That's not well, the right question. That's not the right question. That's not the right question at all. Like, yes, when you're in a new town, you're like, all right, I got to check out the local flavor. You know, I'm going to Google, you know, great spots for burgers in Des Moines or what, whatever it is. Right. But like. I got to be honest. I tweeted this out a while ago. I, I think it's part of it is just getting older. I mean, the only thing I really care about in a restaurant is a comfortable booth and some peace and quiet. That's all I want. Yep. That's all I want. I think most food places are good. You know, like people think like, you know, it's oh well, I got to signal my virtue by talking about this exquisite <laughs> Italian restaurant up the street that nobody goes to and they only accept cash. It's like the reality is most <laughs> restaurants are fucking fantastic. And you know what? Buffalo wings are really good. Yeah. A lot of people can make them. And a lot I, of people can make them. They make them really good at Chili's. Also, there's something to be said that like <laughs> the public, so the public service Olive Garden provides, you know, this authentic Italian food. They hire so many Italians. Oh, you're trying to get hate. You're trying to get hate. Who would otherwise be probably engaged in criminal activity. (laughs) (laughs) You're keeping them from turning to a life of La Cosa Nostra. I knew. I knew that's where this was going. God, we're going to get so much hate mail. Oh, Charlie's has done something same with the Irish. (laughs) (laughs) The old Charlie's blast out of nowhere. I mean, you'd think, honestly, you'd think that Smug is just hanging out at Reseca all day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so good. All right, fellas, we got to play a game. Yeah. It's Thursday, which can mean only one thing. King of the Hill is back. Yes. And Ashbrook has our uh, defending champion, correct? You have Sherry Jacobus? Yeah, that's right. And I am playing this week, and I'm very excited to be playing. Smug, you're going to be our judge. Mm-hmm. Is he correct? the judge or He's, am I the judge? Uh, I'm the judge. You're bailiff this week. Is that the way that that's, it works? That, no, I thought you rotated into I judgeship. Think, honestly, dude, I think he just gaslit everybody into like, him being judge. But I think considering this is our first one back, Okay, I'm fine. Listen, I'm not We should protest. throw him a bone. I'm not going to protest it. You I, know? Just, I, didn't, I wanted to know that I'm gonna be we're in properly yeah. dealing with I'm not sure it's real, but he will be judge. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, uh, T-Rex will tell us that we fucked up later. But It's yeah. possible. It's okay. possible. All right. I am bringing as challenger Bill Crystal. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Uh, and so, we got to go. Let's go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill in the blue corner, fighting out of Pierre O'Madire's checkbook. Bill War Now, War Forever, Crystal. And now, in the red corner, fighting out of her own Twitter account, and current champion of the world, Kami Cherry Jacobus. <laughs> it's as good every time. Outstanding. Outstanding it's good work. Every time. Okay, so you, uh, you're the defending champion. 
And so you got to go first. Well, as a one, participant, right? I'd appreciate if you would hold your own instructions to yourself. The bailiff will yeah. take it, charge. The bailiff just, is in the building. It, look, I think he's got it. feels a little awkward that the I got to play the guy who just announced his own you know, candidate here. Well, until Michael Buffer signs up for the program, this is what we've got to do. So, uh... We're not that far off, pal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Smash is the defending champion. Uh, you are free to present your case before Judge Smug. Judge, uh, I'd like to present to you exhibit number five, please. Exhibit number five says impeaching Biden for no reason is solely to make it appear on par with indicting Trump with 91 counts to make it appear that the indictments are for no reason. Republicans are trying to make the two situations seem the same in order to water down the impact of Trump's criminality. Incredible take. (laughs) I mean, just... I don't think I need much commentary on this. She's literally trying to say that there's nothing to be seen in Joe Biden's, um, it's it's the actual complete inverse of reality. Like it's it's incredible that someone's mind is functioning in such a way. It's got to be dangerous, physically dangerous for them on a daily basis. Mm. I kid, don't know the kittens. The kit. Just <laughs> yeah, think yeah, of the kittens. The cats seems kind of run of the mill to me. Um, anyway, <laughs> our challenger, uh, Bill Crystal. Let's go to exhibit number three. For various reasons. I'm a man of the people. I like conversation. <laughs> I don't like the censoriousness of the anti-talkers, etc. Censoriousness. I've heretofore shunned the quiet car oh on the Acela. God. Holy shit. But I took it this morning. It was fine. Good even. Still, it was kind of quiet. Incredible. I have never heard somebody who travels the Acela in the Northeast Corridor claim to be a man of the people. No, this, I mean. Because <laughs> they he, don't go in the quiet car. He's like, I want to hear the take from, from you know, the, 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 the man. I, I want to hear what the people are thinking. The, what are the American people real? What, what matters to them? I'm going to get on the Acela. I've Let's ser- hear what these folks are saying. And I've, I've certainly <laughs> no, I never heard anybody claim to be a man of the people and use the phrase heretofore <laughs> in a tweet. <laughs> I, mean, I know he tries to do a bit, but I mean, that is him, is the thing. He's yeah. just it's like a, a, you know, sorry chest. He's lost in his own mind. That, I mean, round one goes to Bill Crystal. That's just incredible. Let's go. What a bomb. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. okay. See if he can capture his momentum. You are free to present your case. And here is the knockout. Exhibit number one. Since Trump won, Putin took Crimea, and Xi Jinping set China on a more assertive path. Liberals have tried to put a name to what we are defending. The best effort, the rules-based international order, is terrible. So call it the Truman Show. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, this is just sort of, I don't know, this is sort of milk toast. This, I mean, as far as never Trump people who are featured on uh, this game, King of the Hill, that how could this possibly win a round? Putin invaded Crimea under Barack Obama. Yeah, that was my question as for evidence. And Bill Crystal apparently is unaware of this fact. <laughs> I would think he would really keep track of invading countries. You That's would like th- a pet hobby. You would think this guy, 
who loves war so much would know this simple fact. Let me say I have uh, zero uh, previous <laughs> knowledge of any of the takes that you are taking, but I can say with absolute authority that uh, Putin, in fact, invaded in February of March of 2014 yeah. <laughs> and invaded and subsequently annexed the Crimean Peninsula in that time period. Yes. So that's just a, a that's just bailiff presenting. Thank you, bailiff. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, Judge, you yeah, ready? I hope so. Are you ready? Okay, uh, Lee. Let's uh, exhibit number six, if you will, please. And there's a quote tweet that I will just describe what's being uh, discussed in the quote tweet, and that is a David Rothkoff tweet declaring Joe Biden is the most successful president of the past 60 years. <laughs> That's a nice tea. And what Cherry Jacobus, a claimed former Republican, says, a big reason why is that Biden Biden's experience is so vast and so solid that he's developed the instinct and the wisdom to be a hugely successful president from being the youngest senator to VP to a young black president Biden, about the same age as Trump, is at the top of his game. Oh, my God. This is a man whose staff pulled him off stage three days ago. Didn't know where he was while he was talking. Not just extemporaneously, directly from a sheet of prepared remarks that were written in 24 bullet point so his eyes could see them. At the top of his game, says this former Republican. I just... I understand that Just, policy takes from Bill Crystal are something you find interesting. He's literally blaming P Trump for Putin invading Crimea. This is a guy who is the biggest. It's like, a, it's a great take, but I I kind of feel like Joe Biden. not having a handle on facts is almost table stakes at this point. You're that, gonna you're gonna do Sher RussiaGate. Sherry Jacobus coming in with that take and being like, and he was also vice president for a black guy, like. <laughs> Which, which of course, <laughs> which of course, like, that's a part of the resume. Your Honor, the, the, Your Honor, the like, thing. Like what? The thing I neglected to point out is that she retweeted herself on the yeah. tweet. The, the 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 whole misuse of the internet doesn't appeal to me as much as when Duncan is is judged. But I still, I'll give that round to Sherry. We're going to round three, folks. Wow, here, this is a big one. All right, so we go back to the champion to present a closing argument, Mr. Ashbrook. What do you have? Uh, Lee, this is a tough decision uh, because there are a few to choose from. Oh, I'd like to limit the, uh, yeah, the yeah. commentary of the council. So, Lee, I'll go me. to exhibit number eight, please. Thank you, Bela, for limiting the gate antics. You are, <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> I hate gate antics. <laughs> so, Cherry simply, simply tweets, follow me on threads.net. <laughs> this Wait, is... What? This is the this is the brand new site. Um, it's not brand new. that is that was stood up about a month ago. Council, please. Um, yeah, stood up about a month ago, and uh, Cherry is working to get people to come over to her account. You'll notice that the quote tweet comes from two weeks ago, which normally would be out of bounds. However, she retweeted it, <laughs> Puts it back to draw attention to and her I, new account. I will say I will say this. Uh, the tradition here 
on the program with this particular show in this particular game is that you can look at both the tweets and the tweet replies. Mm -hmm. And whenever that becomes a part of a timeline in the seven-day window, it is appropriate to play here in this game. Thank you, Bailiff. So, Your Honor, that's why I would submit to you this is in play. What she says, she suggests that Elon, and I'm, I'm, I guess, I'm guessing she's uh, referring to Elon Musk, mm -hmm. the champion of Twitter, uh, in this case. Can we get a timer? What the hell is going on here? Can you speed this As up? As Elon ensures my after. follower numbers drop, my follower numbers on threads increases. If you've not yet joined, please do so. I'm staying on both for now. Okay. Here's the question before we get to the other side that you'll have to consider judge because as bailiff i feel like the precedent is appropriate to enforce and you should be aware of it, it doesn't bind you to a decision but you should know is the content of the september 6th tweet yeah. is that what you well, are considering or is it the mere retweet which is in the window of seven days and i don't know the answer we've never had this plan I'm, I'm a strict constitutionalist it's time stamped september 6th so it's a September 6th tweet. So you're I'm sorry. So, wait, so what you're judging is the misuse of the internet. May I, may I, no, no, may I just the quickly, I'm sorry, bailiff, may I please? I think I've made please, a ruling. May I please? What I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm pointing to oh, I know, is the I know. They retweeted it within, within the time week. period, but the, but the timestamp stands. So, so she could have retweeted that five minutes ago, well, but no, the timestamp stands. But so, but so, so, what, so but you're saying so, it's disqualified? No, hold on, hold on. Just so we're aware of what is being talked about here. We have precedent of anything that shows up in the replies in the seven-day period being admissible. The question, which has never been presented before this court. I mean, I think it's madness court, to be like, if it gets a reply recently. Like, if you reply to a tweet from a year ago, that brings it back into play. That's it, madness. It, it, I'm it, a strict constitutionalist. Can I appeal to this court? I'd love to hear a proposing argument. I have a tweet on September 7th within the window that is going to end this entire conversation. Okay, yeah, so let's, none of let's it go matters. for it. But Irrelevant. I do think, hold on, I do think, let me just wrap this up with this. Okay. No matter what, the tweet, the retweet should be considered by the court. No way. Because, but it's, it's simply a misuse and it is not maybe the content and you're, this is the precedent. The content's from September 6th. We're recording this on September the 13th. 13 it, minus 7 is 6. No, it's the 6th. It's out of the side of the window. It's, it's the seven day this window. This show's on Thursday. It's simple math. Yeah. <laughs> More lies. This is Thursday. Let's go to the next round. Go ahead. Uh, exhibit number four, please, Wolf. And I'll be brief here in Thank my God. remarks because somebody tried to filibuster this thing. We should run them for Senate. <laughs> um some background here is that Tuberville uh, has been having some holds on some military appointments. Sure. And had mentioned previously that, uh, you know, they were reading out poems on the PA on uh, some aircraft carriers. This is not Bill the Crystal's place to submit a white paper, counsel. <laughs> the uh, audacity of this guy to sit here and say that to, to me 10 seconds in after his three I'd like minute to rant. I'd like to limit the back and forth and get right to it. If Bill Crystal says the Navy secretary should announce a competition for best poems written by military personnel aboard aircraft carriers and present the Tuberville Trophy to the winner of the America the, the Army Navy game. Can you imagine that at halftime of the Army Navy football game is a reading of poetry <laughs> where somebody's awarded a trophy? Again, this Think is about this guy. This is a man of the people. He knows what a college football audience is. <laughs> 
Can you imagine the student section at halftime having to listen to that shit? I well, mean, the it, censoriousness is what he's concerned about, <laughs> Michael. We learned that in round one. It's it's an incredible take, and that coupled with Ashbrook's illegal tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> means you are champion let's go this week for king of the hill let's go, <laughs> let's go. oh i love it i love a little bit of controversy it's just so good oh. we got to get to this interview because it's fantastic this is representative nancy mace i want to welcome to the program somebody i think is one of the most interesting members of congress certainly somebody who speaks her mind every opportunity she gets mm-hmm in a very generationally appropriate way that I think there's an awful lot of people in the Republican Party love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a younger generation that you're speaking to on a day-to-day basis, no question about it, a huge overlap with our audience. Congressman Nancy Mace. Thank you. I'm excited. This is my first time on Ruthless. Yeah, what a treat. I can't believe it's taken but Can we long. rename the show just this once to from Ruthless to Ruth Moore? My middle name is Ruth. Oh. Oh. A lot of Ruth in the room right now. <laughs> so, Tonight, yeah. For one day only. For one day only. It's, it's Ruth Moore. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> or more Ruth. I don't know. But... But I, and I love that you guys have the bourbon out, too. Sure. I yeah. had a long afternoon. I just came off the floor. Yeah. And uh, it was quite a spectacle. And I was like, I need, they're like, you want water? I'm like, no, where's the wine? Let's go. <laughs> uh, let's go. Perfect. So, yeah, you come back from recess and you're in town for like half a day and you're like, jeez, I need <laughs> it's a that bad. I mean, I'm like, we're, yeah, we're a half day in. It is that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll probably be a refill halfway through. So, I love that. It's like yeah. the first day of school and then you find out school sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like I am a high school dropout. Like I'm, uh, this is, you know, it's just so messed up because there's just a, it's just performative yeah. and like people just take themselves too seriously or they just do it because they're trying to raise money or get attention or get a TV interview. Yeah. I'm like, no, we got real problems yeah. and good people here to solve them and, and all that. But I had an incident, I told you guys about it uh, before we got on air, where someone put their hand on me on the floor Oof. and we got into it and I'm not like little baby bear, like well, a little bear out. cub. Like I am mama grizzly. <laughs> the last person you should probably lay a hand on is Nancy Mays. Because mm. it's not going to end well, what did they not know that by now? I don't know. I it was a, he was a huge mistake, and uh, <laughs> I I let I let them know, mm-hmm. um, but it was a little confrontational. But like things get heated, and you know we're supposed to be doing things. We're supposed to be working for the American people, yeah. and then when you just lie or you're just full of shit, and yeah. you know I do a lot of deals up here. I negotiate things. I try to move the ball forward. I am nice until I'm not, because mm-hmm. it is time to get things done. We're yeah. at the end of the year. We're yeah. at the legis. I mean, it's September. But we're facing a possible government shutdown. Yep. We don't know how long that's going to be. And then if that doesn't happen, we still only have a few weeks left legislatively and things that should have happened haven't. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of it. I'm done. Yeah. Like, like it's time to move or get out of the way. So, yeah. So in your view, what is the performative thing, the BS that you would would call out? In well, the this PR moment? stunts, like, like right? What, what's the specific thing that's happening right now that you are pissed about well i'm pissed about things that i have worked on this year Mm. negotiated would move forward and nothing has happened all the spending and and i am well it's part of it's the spending part of it's women's issues Mm -hmm. and i've tried to lead our party down a path to show that you can be pro-woman and pro-life like we don't have to lose next year Mm. we can be genuinely protective of life and genuinely protect 
women. Mm -hmm. And I have laid the groundwork for that. I've been made promises that have not been kept. And that's my problem. I'm like, I'm good on a handshake. I'll look you in the eye, mano y mano. But the minute that you lie to me or you cross me, like it's over. And yeah. I'm about at that at the brink of it. And, you know, we don't have to lose next year and we don't have to be assholes to women. Mm -hmm. But that's what we're doing right now. I am a suburban woman. I'm a single mom. Right. I am the demographic that we have to win. And what's happening is not winning me over right now. So I know if I'm pissed off and I'm angry, imagine about all the other women out there that are seeing it from afar and they're even more angry. Yeah. And I, I go home, I'm in a purple district. I hear from people all the time, at day in and day out, all sides of the aisle, all political affiliations, and they're really angry. Mm -hmm. And they should be, we've done mm -hmm. nothing this year. Yeah, I mean, a consequence. It, it is interesting on this whole range of issues, it is interesting how it's too often I think Republicans fall into the category of just sort of like dogmatically ideological one way or another, mm -hmm. and they don't think about tone, which is amazing to me yeah. at some level. And you're a public, when you're in a business that requires public approval in order to keep doing your job, mm -hmm. I'm always sort of amazed that there are that many people who are like, no, my goal is to try to piss you off. Yeah. To the maximum extent, and then that's what success looks like. And yeah. You come at that the other direction. Yeah. No, I, I call a spade a spade. I mean, I was in the chair on oversight today, chair and committee. I said bullshit three times, I think. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm just so tired of it. Has anybody ever come up and be like, Nancy? <sighs> well, I mean, no. I mean, people are just sort of aghast sometimes, but also it's just like, we're just, both sides are full of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. Like I, you know, I've done a very good job of delivering for my district and my state, mm -hmm. but federally and nationally, you know, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, we just became complete assholes. It was like our way or the highway, no exceptions, zero weeks. Like, no. And it's just the same side on the left, people aren't for abortion up until birth. Not to say it's happening every day, it does occasionally happen. But what are we doing to protect the women who've been raped? What are we doing to give women greater access to birth control? Because if you're pro-life, you should be pro-birth control too, because that means less women will be going to Planned Parenthood to have an abortion if they have access. So it's just like, it's just like common sense. And that's just lost because mm. people just want to, um, make a headline, say the craziest thing, do a stunt, stand up and shout during a State of the Union speech. And it's like, what does that get you? Mm -hmm. That gets you nothing. You wanna move on to impeachment, but you gotta show all the evidence. Everybody deserves due process. You can't speed this thing through without all that. And so it's like, I do get frustrated. Um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't do talking points or like media prep. I got yeah, my comms guy in the corner, but I had, I, he didn't create any talkers for me. He's great, he, he did all this. But it's like, I just wanna be a normal human and yeah. I want our country to get back to that. Ooh. And I'm trying to show a road, this is the roadmap to doing that particularly on women's issues, spending issues, whatever they are. And I just feel like I'm on island, I'm alone. It's really it's, lonely. Well, it's a, it is, it it's is a shame because, because I think that, I mean, you described well, your position as being on an island. I think people want normal yeah. Americans, regular people the, in Congress, yeah. representing them, speaking from what it is that they're seeing and what, yeah. what it is they think rather than reading a list of talking points. Yeah. And I think that the more people who get to know you and get to know your style, they'll be like, yeah, yeah that's what it's we need real, in Congress. It's real, it's honest, and I don't lie because if you lie, then you gotta figure out, well, what. What did I say last time? You know, mm -hmm. and you just see that in people, and it's it it's it's frustrating. It's really disappointing. This 
this place is full of very smart people. It's also full of people that you're like, how the hell did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just in the, the performance. Care to name the, any names? Uh, <laughs> we got people up here who've never filed a bill. Like, I, yeah. like yeah. what uh, What are you doing if you're, and then they do all these investigations, but nobody ever gets fired. Never, no one ever loses their job. There's never a piece of legislation. How do we rotate the federal workforce? You got 52% of the people who aren't showing up to work. Like, why? I mean, like, how can't we just fire these people? You want to talk about, like, there's going to be a government shutdown. Let's start with the people who aren't coming to work and doing their job. Right. They get off the payroll first. Right. And then all the other right. bills can get paid. Like, I just Makes sense. I just can't. I'm not I'm not in charge, but that's a frustration. But I'm willing to work with both sides also. Yeah. But um, but the, the talking points, the charades, the bullshit, it's just... I'm over it. It's too much. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a caricature of itself. It is interesting. I mean, look, this is this has existed probably forever, but it has become more apparent in the mm -hmm. last ten years. The number of people who run for office, uh, Democrats and, and and Republicans, who are almost—it's like a talk radio slash book sales platform. Mm -hmm. It was like they're more interested in being famous. Yeah than actually doing the job yeah. at some level. Yeah. And I gotta imagine, given how you sort of got into this line of work, that's probably one of the most jarring realities that you face when you get up here. No, it is, and it's not just about the headline, it's not just about the PRs. How many likes did I get? You know, oh, like yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, how many people looked at my video and you know, I'm just like, oh my God, but we are not <laughs> legislating, we're not governing and I went to the, I mean, I was home over recess and working very hard. I went to the grocery store with my kids. Like we spent almost $500 one day for a week's worth of groceries and yeah. we ran out by Friday. Yeah. And I'm like, okay kids, uh, meat, fruits and vegetables, no boxes, no processed food, like uh, that's it. And and it was still that expensive. And uh, you know, and so when I look at that And it's, teacher, two, ki it's two kids. Two kids. I don't even have a, that big of a family. Right. And you know, Patrick barely eats anything at all. So then <laughs> I don't have to worry about him. But you know, I'm home and I'm cooking for my kids every day and I'm like I most how do you afford that? I mean, that's like that would be the equivalent of $2,000 a yeah. month mm. for meat, fruit and vegetables for right. a family of four. That to me is absurd. And especially, especially if you contextualize it with everybody's experience up until the last two yeah, years. Yeah, right? I mean, pre -COVID, your budget just doesn't reflect. Pre-COVID, I was really would be proud of myself. I would coupon clip. I could do five to six days worth of groceries for one hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, I mean, I, you know, pre-COVID, you can't you can't do that now. And then with the cost of gas, it's still almost four dollars a gallon in South Carolina, yeah. which is one of the cheapest states in the country. And it's painful every time. I, I mean, I get depressed every time I go to the gas. Yeah. I pull up to the gas station. I was like, "Well, this is going to be one hundred and six dollars." <laughs> you know, it's just it's very painful. And most people, you just you can't afford to do this. Well, good news is much. they're going to outlaw uh, combustible engines here soon, so we'll all just have free cars. Is what I understand. And then they'll be rolling blackouts. There won't be enough on the grid. I'm sure be won't be reflected by China and Russia and Ukraine. I mean, we're screwed. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I have a very negative outlook right I now. Love, I love. This is the super best. Super angry and pissed off right now. The day one black yeah. pill yeah. is yeah. something yeah. else. It's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's just. But we just get we cut off our a spider face. Yeah. I don't want us I want us to see us be successful. I think our policies matter. They are the best policies. But we are currently part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And we are not changing course. We're not doing anything to fix inflation or stem the tide, whether it's supply chain or spending. We're certainly not doing anything about the women's issues that we have right now. It's number two issue in purple districts. I am one of those districts. I see it day in and day out. It comes up in every town hall. Everybody that comes up to me in public, they always, they all say thank you, thank you now, Republicans and Democrats like on the women's issue. But I'm like, why are we afraid to talk about birth control? 
Mm-hmm. Why is the pill such a bad thing? Yes. So I, I've noticed. I can't right? understand. I've noticed a lot on the presidential just from the last debate. Uh-huh. It seems like a lot of the candidates are rolling out their own version of the Republican position post row, mm-hmm. right? Of of what our position on being pro life should be. If you had a magic wand and you were in charge, mm-hmm. what would your position be for the Republican Party going forward? Well, it would be be finding out what that middle ground is. What do Democrats and Republicans want? Both sides are using it to fundraise. No one wants to actually go anywhere. If they did, they would have fixed this years ago. Uh, what is the middle ground? If there's going to be a federal ban, both sides have to get in a room. It's not going to be 24. It's not going to be six. So somewhere in the middle in the second trimester, I think, is where people can find agreement on it. Also, it's protecting women who've been raped girls who are victims of incest, women whose lives are in danger, fetal abnormalities, making sure that those women are protected, making sure that FDA approved drugs that have been approved, that that we don't mess with that. Mm. We don't have court cases uh, with certain judges to get in the way of that. If there's a, a problem at the FDA, well then fix the FDA. And I would say there's a lot of problems at the FDA. <laughs> Feels like that's a, got a big well, mountain of stuff there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, uh, and then the other thing is showing how we can be compassionate to women. So right now um, in my state, and uh, there are a lot of states like South Carolina, we have 14 counties that have no OBGYN doctor practicing in those counties. Mm. And so what are we doing to give greater access to OBGYN services? What are we doing to ensure women have access, better, easier, cheaper access to birth control? One of the things my conservative governor, Henry McMaster, did last year around the time Roe was overturned, the state of South Carolina allowed pharmacists to prescribe the pill. Right there at the pharmacy, so you didn't have to go to the doctor. That is a great first step. That's conservative. That's pro-life. Why this? That should not be a problem. And I have a bill that would expedite FDA approval on birth control, for example, cut the fees in in half and uh, waive some of those fees and make birth control less expensive. Um, and so addressing that issue, um, abortion shouldn't be the only option. What are we doing to make sure women know what? adoption options are? Do they have legal services? Do they have financial services? Do they have prenatal care to give their baby up for adoption? To know that that is an option. Parents don't have to go overseas. They can adopt babies right here in America. Mm -hmm. We have a broken foster care system. What are we doing to ensure those children are safe? What are we doing about the price of childcare? All this can go into our pro-life. These are pro-life things that Mm -hmm. women care about. Um, it's not just federal regulations that increase the cost of childcare, also state regulations do as well. And so stemming the tide of government overreach and government overregulation in those industries can bring prices down. And that's another thing that we should be addressing. And then an, a thing that I'm working on passionately and have been for several months now and I'm filing a bill um, in a couple of days is about rape kits. We have over 100,000 yeah. rape kits sitting on shelves that have not been processed. Mm-hmm. It's an yeah. issue in every state and I've crafted a bill um, that both sides can get behind and hopefully get it expedited. But that should be part of our pro-life bucket of policy and bills to show we can be pro-woman and pro-life. We can walk and chew gum at the same time and we'll protect women and we'll protect life. It's as easy as that. It doesn't have to be controversial. But the minute you say birth control, oh, time out. She's got to wear the scarlet letter. She's a heretic. <laughs> Uh, we can't do any bills with her. It's That's what like, the pro-life groups have done to me. And I'm like, you, okay, fine. You never hear Democrats make make the case the way that mm-hmm. you just made about all of the all of the issues that go into this subject. Democrats literally they have a talking point. They're 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 they are the picture of what you are trying not to be. They have yeah. a talking point that's given to them by a consultant or by some industry, mm-hmm. and they just say it ad nauseum. Yeah. They never talk about the issue in real life terms like right. you just did. Right. Mm-hmm. 
That's and, and, and that's and that's a winning message. So I just did this thing, uh, badass woman with Dana Bash, the other day, and they did this TikTok summation of the interview, and it it just young women were like, oh my gosh, like this is the first Republican I've ever heard talk about the issue in the way that I believe it. And these are pro-choice women, pro-life women, um, all getting behind it. And I'm like, I, I I'm in a purple district, so I see it every single day. I'm like. This is a winning message. It can mm -hmm. be conservative. It can be pro-life and be pro-woman at the same time. We can walk and chew gum. Like this is not, it's just not a controversial thing. Also, it's 2023. You know, well, yeah. right, you know I mean, like I, the yeah. idea that we're having an actual discussion about birth control is insane to me. Or the fact that some of these bills that we're doing in states where they're mandating victims of rape reported to the police like this isn't that's a no that's yeah. a no-go that should not be part of our platform doesn't need to be it should be the woman's you know decision to to do that i mean i'm a victim of rape and so uh, i'm very passionate about that issue i want to give a voice to rape victims mm -hmm. and um we can be compassionate and be pro-life all at the same time yeah. like this, no, this I mean, is not difficult to me like this is very common sense <laughs> right. like, as conservative but apparently i'm like a unicorn <laughs> and i i don't understand why people why republicans are so afraid to say birth control well I I, so as you look across our the landscape of presidential mm -hmm. candidates do you think there's one who is talking about this issue in a way that is sort of like moving forward as a party Donald Trump and Nikki Haley are moving the ball forward. They understand the dynamics of a general election. And when you hear them talk about the issue, I think they are more in line with a general electorate than any of the other candidates. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. And, you know, it's a strange world that we live in. But that those are the two that I see that are taking, uh, that are getting there on the position, are taking the right position, are talking about it. Nikki Haley was the only person on stage two weeks ago that said we should not demonize women. Mm -hmm. I mean, because she made a, a decision you didn't agree with, we should not demonize her. She is not evil. No woman wants to be put in the position. Feels like a to, less than controversial position. It's a not very demonizing. like don't demonize fifty one percent of the electorate. I, you know, and so she was the only one to say that, and everyone else was afraid to talk about it. We know this is the elephant in the room. We know this is going to be on the ballot next year. None of our presidential candidates should be afraid to go there. She's not, and neither is Trump. Do, so that's where we are. Do you think Republicans are sometimes nervous to get into that conversation? or that discussion because it feels like we're negotiating against ourselves? Because I don't hear a lot of Democrats out there talking about the number of weeks they would be open to. No, they don't want to talk about it. Right. They don't want to talk about the number of weeks because right. in some states it's up to nine months. Well, and they also love the radical. idea that we're it, they can just characterize everybody in the Republican side as being totally unreasonable. Yeah, right. but right. if we just have, if we're just compassionate, just show a little bit of love and compassion and not be assholes to women, we can absolutely <laughs> win hands. It's as simple as just being a normal human in 2023 like I don't understand and it's like you we uh I told we I know this is going to come up prayer breakfast okay mm -hmm. I know this is coming up oh, we never, yes. program. but like uh you know when when that happened I got slut shamed I mean yeah. there was a Republican candidate running for Congress in Florida who called me a hoe like if you were trying to <laughs> if you were trying to get suburban women uh back on the on to vote for you on the ballot next year you just lost every single one of them I am like a lot of women in the suburbs divorced mom like okay it, you, all right like you don't call women hoes and you don't <laughs> slut shame them I, so for those know, in the audience living with my fiance they have, <laughs> you know a house and four kids and a dog
dog and two cats. Like, we, you know, full family here. That's like, not, That's not hoe territory. Yeah, no, it's not hoe territory. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a hoe. But thanks for playing there. Like, she, she's definitely not winning that race. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, you just can't be that way to women. Like, what are you thinking? I want for those in our audience yeah. who are maybe the precious few who didn't consume this. Because you took over the internet here for I can't. I, yeah. a while. It was just a G-rated. It was a G-rated joke. It was, it was a G-rated joke. But, but here, here's what we're talking about here. Do we have the clip here, Wolf? I woke up this morning at 7. I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiance, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, <laughs> I, he, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. <laughs> it's a very normal morning for a lot of Americans. Yeah, right. It was a little inappropriate. I realized that now, but it was really funny. It was kind of worth it. Yeah. Kind of worth it. Yeah. And everybody knows Tim Scott has a prayer breakfast. Yeah. Everybody. Well, I mean, you certainly made that. If known. his numbers go up in Iowa, I want. I'm gonna take a little bit of credit for that. So, you know, I go to church because I'm a sinner, uh, because I'm a saint. I'm a work in progress, and probably will be for the rest of my life. It, it is pretty funny, though. I mean, you're right that in inspires one of the things that i love about you is that you do inspire conversation mm -hmm. whether or not it's self-deprecating or not or, yeah. or or something like that it's a conversation piece right yeah. and but it also probably goes to your larger point that you've been making here today that's like are we going to deal with an electorate as though it exists in the year of our lord 2023 yeah or are we going to pretend like we're all sort of puritanical oh yeah Oh, 100%. And, you know, after that, and I can't wait, you know, story usually lasts for 24 hours. Yeah. It's still going. I'm like, really? it's been week. Oh, yeah. It, it came up again in an interview on Monday night. I'm like, okay, on, on Gutfeld. I'm like, all right, I guess it's still going to be news. And Will will tell you, I was totally off script and it was not a part of Yo, that was, those not, weren't talking points? Those were not talking <laughs> points at all. And there, you know, my staff was like, what did you just say? I was like, I don't know. It was sounded good at the time. Maybe not so much later. I have a different speech for next year. I'll work on it. Uh, when you do it next year and you drop something like that, I, I want a I want an also camera on the comm staff. Ooh. Just like yeah, one's that, on you I, and the one's on their faces. But you know, the room, you couldn't hear it, but the room was on the floor in tears laughing. Like sure. everybody can relate to what I was saying. And the thing that got me, that struck me after that, it, five days after I was back in the district and I'd seen some uh, women in the district, some friends uh, that live in the suburbs, and they're like, this is the reason I don't go to church because I don't want to be judged in that way. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't go to church when you're perfect. You need to go to church when you're imperfect. Like I'm the perfect example of I got to be in church every Sunday and, and learning from these experiences. But they're, they're like, this is the reason I don't go to church anymore. And this is the reason I don't vote Republican hmm. because of being judged. And the way that I was attacked by people who want or want to be influencers and all that sort yeah. of thing. Um, it was so astoundingly offensive to women in the suburbs. I was like, if you wanted to win these women over, you just lost every single one of them because you're acting like an asshole. Well, it, just... it, it turns out that sex uh, does happen uh, yeah, from it, time to time. It, does. It, is, it is not exclusively for procreation, yeah. uh, as many people have uh, become. But I have a family. Aware. We have a life together. I mean, it's it's complicated. It's modern times right. and, and that sort of thing. And that's thing. your and point on all of this, I, yeah, right? Yeah, I got a kid who's going to object to the wedding in the middle of the ceremony. So we're just taking our time here, right? So uh, I'm going to let their dad get married first and see what they do, <laughs> if, it, if it happens or not. Um, but, you know, life is complicated in, yeah. the mo in modern right. life. And we're doing the best that we can. We're in church every Sunday, bringing the kids we can. The ex my ex is in, in the 
the same church that we are with his girlfriend. I mean, that that's the modern family right now. And we don't want to offend them. We want them to be with us mm-hmm. and to, you know, to vote with us, to do policy with us, be a part of the Republican Party. Those are the people we got to go after. And when we act like we're better than them yeah. or more perfect than them, like that's not real. Mm. It's just not people no, and, are flawed. I am deeply flawed. And I just happen to talk about it in public a lot. Well, but, so, but, <laughs> So that's many, why I get in trouble. <laughs> so many of these politicians are living, or at least presenting, like they live in the land of make believe. Yeah, you, you you never hear real anything from a lot of these guys, and there yeah. is just there's such a premium, at least in the minds of voters, there's such a premium on authenticity. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the things that's so attractive about a candidate who mm-hmm. is actually willing to say what it is that's going on, and not just some made up bullshit. Made up bullshit, and they're probably the ones that aren't faithful to their spouses, right? I mean, you see that. <laughs> That too and it's like no i tell you everything like it's all out there you know all my imperfections are out there for you to judge but there, in, in vo- voters know that they see right yeah. through it so mm-hmm. it's like when can the republican party start adopting more of that mindset i, yeah. I mean i'd love i'd love to i'm see trying it. i'm working hard over here yeah <laughs> i'm like open here's all my here's everything i've done that's bad i just you know uh, get, but I, I think if we could be more authentic to ourselves and to our neighbors we would be so much more successful we didn't have to we could have won by so much more we didn't have to have a four or five man majority in the house yeah. we could have had a dozen person majority but that's not what happened because of all the other bs and not being real and authentic and trying to live up to an expectation that is not realistic for the mass majority of americans mm. Mm. it's yeah. a fascinating take i think it's i think it's right what i find so interesting is like you said you represent a purple district mm-hmm. in a conservative state yeah and so you got to win both I didn't win at all. I mean, I have like 40% are independents, 32% are Republicans, 28% Democrats. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's very libertarian-ish, very independent. Um, You know, those things work with both sides. Like both sides don't want to see us add $20 trillion to the debt over the next 10 years. Mm, They want women to be respectfully treated. We have fentanyl overdoses in our district and in our state. So like, you know, having that independent spirit, it makes it all better, worthwhile, and honest. Mm -hmm. I want to get your take on the impeachment inquiry, Mm -hmm. which is basically taking over the news cycle here, even as we're dealing with potential shutdowns Mm -hmm. and everything else. Um, I think where we have been is we've watched what was initially started by Senator Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson in the Senate, and then ultimately when House uh, Republicans took over, Jamie Comer and his committee have skillfully uh, obtained a bunch of information that we're all told was fake job. news mm-hmm. and, and and Russian propaganda. Uh, and they have actually turned it over, uh-huh. and despite the fact that maybe the New York Times and the Washington Post don't want They to, don't want to write about it. They don't want to put eyes on it. Mm-mm. But they've done this, right? I mean, they've shown, not only is there smoke, smoke here, it's getting thicker. Mm-hmm. And so there's a balance there of where you begin the conversation about now where we're at with impeachment. And I'm curious about your thoughts Mm -hmm. about sort of where this has led, where we're at now, if it's a critical juncture and what do you think needs to be found? 
Yeah, I, I we can't just jump to impeachment. Like that's just not, you can't, everybody deserves the right to due process. And I've always been very much on the civil rights side of things. But my understanding initially when we were talking about inquiry, I was worried about it be taking, being taken out of the hands of Jamie Comer and Jim Jordan. Mm-hmm. I did not want it to leave the committee process um, because they're doing such a good mm-hmm. job. And I sit on oversight, so I'm a little partial there. But my understanding with an inquiry, it will give us broader subpoena power and also we should have um, easier, an easier time gaining access to bank records, which mm-hmm. at the end of the day- And that's what could, this is about, Yeah, right? to me, it's about Joe Biden's bank records. Like, I'm done talking about Hunter. I don't care if we ever talk about him again. <laughs> I don't want to see any more pictures. I don't, I, I don't want to, I'm done. Like, I don't want to look at any of that stuff again. But it, it's about the SARS reports that we saw and yeah. the amount of money that we're talking about is astronomical. Yeah. And I don't say this lightly, I do believe that Joe Biden will go down as the most corrupt president in U.S. history. It's he interesting. sold out his soul and our country to communist China, to Russia, to Ukraine, to Rom- Romania, and God knows who else. And we know that his family got a third cut of everything. And I do believe that 50 million is the low bar. I believe that his he and his family got much significantly higher than that. That's the mm. amount of money that we're talking about. Okay, it's enormous. It's a wild sum. It's a astronomical sum of money. And I don't say that lightly at all. And so for me, I want to be able to show the SARS reports to the American people and to the mainstream media, but we can't do that. So we have to go and get bank records. And we've been slow rolled by the FBI, the DOJ, the IRS. Everyone has tried to, to stop this. Not only that, but when the laptop came out, you had 51 Intel yeah. mm-hmm. uh, folks that said it was fake. It was not fake. Right. Turned out to, everything we've said that we've been accused of being fake has turned out to be real. Mm-hmm. I was accused of being QAnon because I said there was a <laughs> prostitution ring. And I'm like, I am the last person. I am not QAnon. How can you look at me in my positions and my votes say QAnon? There's, I'm nowhere near near that at all. Also, not for nothing, but like but, the pictures of, of Hunter have uh, they've been out there. Yeah, so it's like I, not no, a. It's not a secret. He was hiring prostitutes, and then we find out he was writing it off on his taxes. So it's like, okay, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. It's a hell of an expense report. I'm it's not sure many real. HRs are going without. But there are text messages. There are phone calls. There are emails. Um, there are witnesses and whistleblowers, and every time Joe Biden's asked about it, he lies. Yeah. So while he's still alive, let's get all the evidence and get him to answer as many questions as possible, right? And get to and get to the bottom of it. Um, I think this, you know, it was the press that that did all the digging on on uh, in the past um, on past presidents and that sort of thing, and. And they're not doing anything. Just, it is amazing. Sweeping it under the rug like this is all normal. This is not. No- they just want to say Trump, mm-hmm. and pretend everything goes away. And that's not no. And and I believe the vast majority of Americans believe Joe Biden did something wrong and broke the law, and we're going to prove it. And if you want to answer the questions, then then this inquiry will. Yeah, I mean, and that's how some, I look at it. And at some level, you're forcing the discussion that, as you noted, is not happening in mm-hmm. the corporate media, and wouldn't happen. Yeah, unless. You're basically force feeding them as an act of Congress. Well, yeah, and then we you got the whole on them. got the whole thing about the the Delaware prosecutor who was supposed to be a special prosecutor, but maybe didn't really have the powers. And then there's a controversy with Merrick Garland, and now he's going to have new powers, and he's going to be the real uh, special prosecutor. And it just seems like you can't trust any of these people I to actually get to the bottom. I trust none of them. You know, them. like let's keep it in the house where. Y'all can do the real work. It's all for show. But the other thing is, too, I don't want what the DOJ and the FBI have done, IRS, that's all for show. That's all a cover-up. 
but we can't do the same thing. What we do cannot be for show. It mm. has to be yeah. deliberate. It has to be real. It has to be truthful. We can't hide anything. Even if we have evidence that exonerates Joe Biden, we have to show it. Like we can't hide anything mm. and be as transparent as possible about this. And the, I believe the evidence does exist. I believe that it's warranted and inquiry is warranted because I want to prove it through credit card statements, through bank records, how this thing happened. I mean, I have seen enormous sums of money from communist China in Biden family member accounts. And I'm like, and, and young yeah. Biden family grandchildren. And I'm like, this, what, this, none of this happens without Joe Biden. All the flights that Hunter was on with Joe Biden, all the phone calls, you know, the content of those. I, we know there are more witnesses out there and whistleblowers. And I want the bookkeeper. What? Why have we not subpoenaed the bookkeeper? Because this was an elaborate labyrinth of bank accounts and uh, LLCs, I mean, you had to have yeah. a whole team mm -hmm. laundering Something this money. Joe's it's, it was so not big. the one that's figuring out how to uh, no, structure he was just the... his bills paid. <laughs> and, there's, and there's Hunter yeah. Biden's text message, right? Yeah. Which says, I like have to give half my paycheck to Pop uh -huh. or whatever. And, and ten percent like, for the big guy. Ten percent for the big guy. Uh, yeah, it's like if if those those records only exist in bank records. Well, right? it's corroborated too by by the FBI ten twenty three. That's just one ten twenty three document, but they split it. it was a ten million dollar bribe. They each got five. Mm -hmm. So the bank records and credit card statements, I believe, will will show all of that. So I mean, if it's no problem, show us what you got. Show us the money, Joe. Other and other, but he's not going to do. So you think right you now. think you're heading down the path here oh for sure but obviously we have to show all the evidence yeah. we got to be deliberate in the investigation we got to get the bank records yeah. we got to subpoena hunter we got to subpoena the bookkeeper i would like to talk to shokin and i want to see joe biden's math i want to see i want to see where he made all his money and where it went where it came from but if it wasn't for a republican majority in the house we would never be on the road to learning any of any this of stuff because right. like the press does not no. do any kind of accountability due diligence Phil, Phil Bump, on Democrats. Phil Bump was on a podcast. This is uh, the guy from the Washington Post, a uh, political reporter. And uh, the podcast host was like, well, we have the text from Hunter saying he gives half the money from, uh, from uh, to Joe. And, um, you know, isn't that evidence? And and he acts sort of incredulous. It's one of the like, dismissive it's, of it. It's one of the worst <laughs> yeah. parts about it. He's system. a journalist. Think think mm -hmm. about yeah. how many articles have been written about the the accountants, like profiles of Donald Trump's accountants, written right. in major newspapers on on the major broadcast. Alpha Bank was and not a, a server, single one about you know? the, <laughs> right. the smoking gun in exactly. Prague. It's just it's, ridiculous. It's, and it, they were not treated equally. Like no. I'm someone I have voted to send members of my own party hold them in contempt. Like yeah. I, you know of Congress. Like I've done that. Like I'm calling a spade well, a spade. Well, this is the great dichotomy with you is yeah. that you have actually maintained relationships with many of these journalists. Like I see you go do shows that no Republican would do, mm -hmm. and you go in and try to talk honestly about your position all range of things mm -hmm. you take heat from both sides mm -hmm. to do it you you also notice what they're curious about what they're not curious about in that process oh yeah and then like the lack of curiosity uh -huh. in this aspect of what you're interested oh, yeah. in as compared to you know as we talked in the top of the show about women's issues for example yeah is striking it's striking and if this were Anybody but Biden, like on the Republican side, if were, this were Donald Trump, oh, I mean, he, he, I mean, it would be, it would be done. And that's the the duality on all this and the hypocrisy. If you're supposed to be, and I went to journalism school, so my master's degree I'm is in sorry journalism. About that. I, well, I, it was PR, but communications. <laughs> I like to write. I love to write. Yeah. Um, but you know, you're supposed to be ethical and tr and treat everybody the same, and that's not what they're doing. And they just want to 
be part of the cover-up and make excuses and normalize this behavior. The problem is you can't normalize this behavior because if next time it's somebody else on the other side, a Republican, it's not normal and it's not okay. It's never going to be okay. And we should be able to call a spade a spade no matter who it is. So how do you handle it when you've got a resident journalist who is like, tell us again about, you know, why the Republican Party is not handling women's issues correctly. And you're like, OK, we do. And then you have such a like a good give and take, honest relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, and you should talk to us about what it is that we're doing this week as it pertains to this very specific inquiry into the Biden's finances. And they're like, no, thanks. Yeah, well, they're like, there's no evidence. I'm like, <laughs> like we, uh, I, 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 de- I dealt with it today. Well, I can say I was going in to vote and back out today. And there's like, well, there's no evidence. How can you justify? I'm like, oh, my God, text messages, emails, phone calls, lies, SARS reports, uh, witnesses, all the things. It's all there. We just got to get the bank records to back it up, yeah. you know, and, and show uh, what they don't want to see. But you can see then. What your your initial what we talked about right at the top of the show is your frustration mm-hmm. with how members are dealing with a range of issues oh, yeah. and whether it's all sort of performative and whatnot. It's you fake. can kind of understand why it is if there is literally no incentive structure built at all. Yeah. To deal with very real things, it's all about constituencies mm-hmm. that you're sort of manufacturing. I mean, don't you think that the media? in large part is sort of responsible. They are, and they, I mean, well, they're not fully responsible. I mean, we obviously, members of Congress that participate in in, in the performance uh, arts are, are part of that as well. But they, I mean, it's social media, but it's mainstream media, you know, pushing that along and, and feeding the beast. They're doing it for clicks, they're doing it for ads, they're doing it for revenue, um, and not for the truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, it seems to me like, when you know you're never going to be rewarded. You're one of those very few people mm-hmm. who understands that you're never going to be rewarded True for talking about some of the things. to do the right thing. Right? But also I'll kick ass and take names in the in the process. Yeah, that's so, why I mean, we love like, it. I will, you know, cut yeah. you. Don't lie to me. Don't cross me. It can get very ugly very fast. But that's, I mean, that's the way that it should be though. I mean, it's honest. That's honest. That's, yeah. the, way, that's the way our country works. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have, th- we ask everybody three questions and you're probably going to get a fourth from this guy. Uh, but these are like, this is, you're going to, you're going okay. to ace this quiz. <laughs> you're going to ace this quiz. First one is your last meal on earth. If you can plan it, oh. what would it be? Oh man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, oh, it'd be all the carbs. Like, I don't, like you, you know, go. it'd be like all the carby stuff. It would be bread and butter yeah. and fried calamari, <laughs> a steak and a lobster roll with bread dipped in butter. It would just be <laughs> the fattiest, most carb, most starchy meal you could have. The never-ending pasta bowl. Uh, <laughs> it would be sticks. lobster mac and cheese. Nice. It would just be everything that's not good I for you. I love that there's like five entrees that yeah. are just listed chocolate. in that. It'd have to be chocolate at the end. Chocolate mm. and, a, and a, just a big bowl of red wine i imagine yeah something sweet like a like a port like something i like i like dessert so <laughs> some, something sweet something with chocolate too like definitely. i love that okay all right that's alcohol great. would be involved yeah i, I mean it's yeah. your last day yeah you can't just go out without Mm-mm. yeah i got it all right so second question if you never got into public service at all and you've got this sort of blue sky of your life that you can do anything you want with it oh anything you want with anything it, absolutely anything 
Doesn't matter how crazy. And it, okay. and it also doesn't matter whether it's practically acceptable or not. It's just oh, anything. Oh, it's totally not yeah. unreal. Uh, I would say wave a magic wand and fix to everything. Just You'd just be a magician? I'd just be a magician. Just wave a magic wand <laughs> and fix things. Like I don't know what's happened in the last five years. Um, it's it's such a different place than where it than where we were even five years ago. And I see it I get a lot of death threats mm. and um yeah, it's just it's just it doesn't have to be this way. Weird, you know? right? I want to fix it. I just want to fix everyone that's hurting, everyone that's having a challenge. I want to wave a magic wand and I want to fix it. I want to make things good again. So you don't want to be like a WNBA basketball player? No, I no, I I love my job. I love yeah. what I'm doing. I know the art of what's possible. I know mm-hmm. it's possible. So like that's my would be my dream is just to be fairy godmother, wave the wand, and fix it. A fairy godmother. That's yeah. the first here on the Ruthless Variety yeah. program. Sure we haven't like had that. that one. Yeah. Sure is. That's good. Yeah. Well, I have one question for okay. you. And at the Ruthless Variety program, we've taken notice of mm-hmm. the animal kingdom. <laughs> and I don't know if you've noticed this, but lately, these animals are kind of rising up against humans. We heard about a dog that <laughs> killed its owner, shot, literally shot, shot the owner. Shot its owner. A, no. A hog, I did not read that. Oh, yeah. A hog killed its butcher. <laughs> There are there are monkeys in Asia dropping kids off of roofs. I thought they were dropping dogs off of roofs. Both, kids, both. Kids too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, the bears are robbing people's homes. Oh, they are. An so, orangutan wait. at a zoo threw a possum off of a pole. Did you see that one? Just they're the other terrible. Day? They're yeah, terrible. They they're terrible. Before I don't is know. That... Point the, animal is king, the, the, the animal kingdom is rising. Yeah. Up. The yeah. point is they're <laughs> terrible to each other and they're terrible to us. <laughs> And so what we're looking for is a few good men and women who can stand up for the human race this is an and they're question. willing to fight back against the animal kingdom. So I our question- animals. I love all of God's creatures. Well, not well, if it's trying to kill you. No, no. So if or it kids. is trying to kill you or kids, mm-hmm. our question to you, Nancy Mace, is what is the biggest animal you feel like you could take hand to hand? Bare hands, because we also heard the Mama Grizzly speech, so right. we expect Grizzly. a little something out of you. Yeah, yeah the biggest animal? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest animal in the world? Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris right here. I mean, you know. Nancy Mace God. is going to fight a blue whale. A six-pound dog. <laughs> a blue My dog whale. is six pounds. She's vicious. But uh, no, whatever the biggest thing is. Yeah, wow. a blue whale. I don't know. Are you sure? You got to go for the blowhole on yeah. that I, deal? They're not going extinct, are they? No, I don't, I don't think they're good. No, they're, not they're like, big. Okay. Just need a big Are you worried about the politics of the blue whale? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about the politics of all whales because some of them are going extinct and... Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, no, I that's what that's what big wind is doing. A real big wind in the Northeast is killing yeah. the right whale, and yeah. they're in denial about it. I wrote, I watched a documentary about it on YouTube the other yeah. night. Don't watch a lot of TV. I do watch some YouTube, but um, but they were talking. I was like, oh my gosh! I mean, it's a it's a racket. It's no, it's a actually a multi-million happens. dollar racket that's happening, and we're killing the whales. See, like, this, this is why not... we get the question here. Mm. She's and, got an actual opinion, and it's got yeah. the, it's got the blessing of major media. They yeah. don't care. They, they look they look past it. They don't care because it's it's win. And I'm an environmentalist, but some of the environmental stuff, it's a complete racket. The oh, lawsuits, totally. the attorneys making money and and, mm. and it's and now you're killing the whales because of I mean, I support all forms of energy um, and I would like to support offshore, but if it's gonna kill whales that are going in, into extinction, let's keep it on land. Yeah, people I mean, should that's... people should at least know the unintended consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And better to take out a couple of birds and some whales, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's going to miss the birds. Nobody. Well, I mean, you, you have, if you hunt, I, I will go bird hunting. I will eat birds. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Quail there and you dove. Go. But yeah. Quail and dove. Mm-hmm. That's great. There's probably pretty good quail hunting in your neck of the woods. Yeah. In South Carolina. Yeah. Very good. Ah. Bake excellent. it with some bacon. You're all set. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. All right. So yeah. here's the last question. Last question is our view 
is that most successful people are motivated by one of two things, mm -hmm. thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. And it's not that anyone likes to lose mm -hmm. or that anybody doesn't like to win. Mm -hmm. It's what motivates you to go to that next level, right? And you can think of Michael Jordan as like the prototypical agony of defeat somebody, mm -hmm. right? Like every time he won a championship, it was like six seconds of appreciation with the trophy. Mm -hmm. And then the next day he was like inventing new reasons in his head for why he should be angry enough to go back for another one. Yeah. Right? Or it's mm -hmm. like the Tiger Woods is the agony and Phil Mickelson's the thrill of victory guy, right? So glass the half full. Glass half full person mm -hmm. versus somebody that just uses sort of like the negative energy that people are trying to throw at them as a reason to keep going. I'm a little bit of both, but I will admit, uh, I love the fight. Yeah, you're an agony. I, you're I, an agony I, girl. I, I, hey, today you're agony. No, I'm like this every day. <laughs> uh, no, I love the fight, but I like to win because I fought to win. Yeah. And I like to make wrongs right. Like if you've been wronged, I'm gonna fight like hell to make it right for you. I yeah. mean, it, it's that sort of victim mentality because I had that trauma at a very young age. But I, I like to fight. I like to be in the mix and fight. So like when someone laid their hands on me today on the floor, oh, you, I, hopefully there's a picture of my reaction and what came out of my mouth shortly thereafter uh, and has still spewed you know on and on I, I like the thrill of the fight because I like to win and I like being the underdog yeah and I don't mind doing it alone it's better to have friends and have a team and, and build relationships but I'll go it alone if I have to which yeah. is what I'm doing on the see this issues. is how she knows she's being yeah. honest here with the ruthless variety program because mm -hmm. if she would have gone full glass half full sunny optimist move yeah, no. I would have been like nope Nance. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, mean, I, I, I fight to win. Like I like the, I want to fight and I want to yeah. win. Like I just, that's, that's what's like that every day, day in and day out, seven days a week. I love it. That's yeah. a great answer. So if people want to follow along with the work you're doing, mm -hmm. both officially and assume your campaign side, where they go? Uh, just look up Nancy Mace, spelled like the pepper spray, M-A-C-E, nancymace.org if you want to donate uh, you can yeah. chip in over there but I have uh, social media on both official and personal and political you can see all the stuff I'm mixing up that's great so, well you're always mixing something up I am and we appreciate when you come on here and mix it up because we have this is great I'm excited to be on here for the first time probably yeah. not the last time no we no. gotta do it again. embarrass you guys no, we, got, <laughs> no. we gotta do it again no that's impossible we do that to ourselves yeah okay. yeah no you couldn't possibly do that for us <laughs> yeah no I appreciate it you guys rock awesome yeah. thanks for joining Thank us you. yeah um, look, I think she's great. So I think she gets a lot of criticism from people because she doesn't stick within sort of the dogmatic view of certain issues and gets criticism for people from people who think that she gives ground on things that obviously the Democrats are not battling in good faith with. And I think some of those criticisms at times have some fairness. What I really appreciate about her, and I think she's like way ahead of her time on, is she's so authentic. Yeah. She tells us exactly what she thinks on a day-to-day -day basis. And yeah. like, if you are a voting member of the public, what the hell else do you want? No, she's a very, very interesting interview. We have to have her back on the show. Yeah. Also, for, for the back. audience to hear from a member of the Oversight Committee right before they'll be meeting Thursday morning, to present this, I mean, that's a great that's a big get, huge, huge, huge insight for our audience. Yeah, I have a feeling she's going to be a regular here on the program because it's it just she takes a different tact. Like mm -hmm. she makes you think about stuff, which is uh, sort of what we do here in a little different way. Fellas, did we do it? I think we did it. I think we did it. I think so. Absolute banger. 
of an episode. Gentlemen, thank you so much to our guest, Nancy Mace. Thank you so much to our listeners, especially those who have subscribed on YouTube. So do that if you have not yet. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.